Life is unfair. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. This is going to be a good one, folks. Strap her in. I got Dan Brooks and returning Stephen Michael Clark from the I've Got a Fang episode. We're going to talk about James K. Polk because it's motherfucking President's Day. In 1844, the Democrats were split. The three nominees for the presidential candidate were Martin Van Buren, a former president and an abolitionist. James Buchanan, a moderate. Louis Cass, a general and expansionist. Young Hickory, Napoleon of the Stomp. Hi, guys. Hey there. Hello. Don't sound so excited. I kind of like, I really like went into that hard and you guys were just like, hi. <laughs> hey there, fellas. Please <laughs> just leave me hanging. Are you saying there's uneven enthusiasm? <laughs> hey, kids. Yeah. F- please feign <clears throat> enthusiasm for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all an act. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I am a long-time listener, first-time caller. Very excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> You've only listened to two episodes. Stop lying. I listened to the They Might Be Giants my whole life, though. Long-time okay, listener. Okay, long-time listener. Boom, yeah, okay. check in, mate. Okay, I see. I see, yes. So, we've already... Okay, so, I am, I am Gregory Ross Simpson, if I'm going to give out Steve's middle mm. name. And we've got Daniel Jeremy Brooks Woo! here. Yes. Uh, I mean, we got James K. Polk. What's the K stand for? Anybody? Uh, Knox, I believe. Knox. Yeah. There you go. Knox. It was his, um... James Knox Mother's Polk. maiden name, I want to say, or mother's maiden name, or, or, hmm. or his grandfather's name, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Some, who cares? Honestly, we will yeah. talk about him. It was so trivial, I started We will talk about Mr. Like, James K. Yeah, Polk. okay. We'll get to that. First, uh, if you want to hear about uh, me forcing Steve to become a fan of the MFB Giants in college and high school, uh, you can listen to the I've Got a Fang episode. Um, mm. But th- that's the gist of it. I just played them so much that Steve couldn't escape. Uh, <laughs> you left out the part about where you tied me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tied you up mm-hmm. and I beat you with reeds. Mm-hmm. You were placed in a burlap sack <laughs> and beaten with the MFB Giants CDs. He, w- he was being <laughs> insolent. <laughs> Yes, he was <laughs> yes, in- exactly. Insolent. So let's talk to Mr. Uh, let's talk to Mr. Uh, Dan Brooks here. So we've got okay. So I'm in Lafayette, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen here is in. Uh, well, it, it, he's known for being a highfalutin Washington D.C. lawyer, a real fat cat, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna send the pitchforks after me, dude. It's just. Okay, he's he's a low falutin, uh, <laughs> yes, real skinny cat. I don't know where I'm going with this. Wait, wait, where do you live in Arlington, Virginia? Yeah, I'm in Arlington right now, um, and uh, yeah, uh, I uh, live the medium life. Okay, mm. so you went from Arlington Heights to just regular Arlington, so that's a downgrade. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's an interesting uh, point. Well, honestly, I'm I'm adjacent to a neighborhood in um, in Arlington that is called Arlington Heights. Nice. Like, what? 
five minute walk from me. Yes. For everybody who doesn't know and probably doesn't care, Steve and I grew up in Arlington Heights, Illinois, Chicago. Now, straight out of the surrounding Chicago land sprawling area in Montgomery, Illinois, is Dan Brooks over at Apocalypse Cow. Uh very amazing recording studio oh, that has since mainly shutters its doors and makes me sad um, that both Steve and I have recorded it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Dan here has uh, produced a record that Steve and I were on in our band Blue Bottle. Mm-hmm. So, this is a, uh, a a reunion of sorts. Yes. Between three uh, fucking jokers, and this is going to be a total disaster <laughs> enough. So. It's going to be current. Don't oversell Just it, current. sir. <laughs> Absolute carnage. I'm just setting everyone's standards, uh, everyone's mm-hmm. expectations real low, right off the bat. <laughs> Prepare for silliness, and even more tangents than usual. Oh, so if you were those God, two God. people on iTunes who gave me reviews, ab- bad reviews about it, there being too many stories oh, and tangents, who the- you can bite my shiny metal ass, because you're going to get lots of them. <laughs> Why would, what episode were they complaining about? I don't know. I think someone complained about the Dr. Worm episode, which I thought was like where we really hit our stride because, you know, we got that Steve episode out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Steve Steve and David Britton recorded pre baby. Okay. Got it. And so, like, then then I really got in the groove, like, figuring out what it was supposed to be. I mean, Steve and and David, you know, helped kind of set the template. Mm. But then we really hit the stride, you know, so that's why I'm glad uh, Steve here is back. And David Britton's going to be back, too, for uh, Stompbox. Nice. Um, yes. Nice. The most punk of the They Might Be Giant songs. True, so, um, probably true, actually. So, so, yeah, so, like, if, if you two, like, if you two want to hop on iTunes after this, and anyone listening... And just like mash that five stars, baby. Oh yeah. Should we talk about uh, how you got into they might be giants? I think that's what we're here for, right, Dan? Whatevs. Daniel, Jeremy Brooks in Montgomery, Illinois. Um, how the f did you get into they might be giants? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought you would on yeah, this podcast. I, I'm, that's a great question, and I'm glad somebody's finally asked me. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, you ever hear that? You'll, this is not going to go well. <laughs> this it is not going to be a smooth ride. <laughs> you'll hear like you'll hear a politician. They're like, "I'm so glad you asked me that." And like, you're like, "Fury are so not glad you asked them that. They're so wishing you yeah. didn't ask them that." Yeah. No, okay. So. So why did you have sex? Why did you have sex with all those women that weren't your uh, your right, wife? Like, I'm. I'm so glad right, you asked God, me that. I'm glad someone's finally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um <laughs> basically junior high, um my dad and I used to do this really geeky thing uh which was uh we went to this thing called Color Computer Club, which was like back before personal computers were really uh relatively inexpensive, you know? So like this is like late 80s era. Anyway, so us and some other guys who were People who enjoyed tooling at computers, it wasn't so much using the computer as tooling it. And... Nerds! <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That'll be a good drop. Nerds! Super, uh, yes, uh, super nice guys. Uh, a little, uh, maybe a little wary of the government too much, but otherwise, you know, nice guys. Anyway, we used to carpool with this one guy, Eddie, and he 
was uh, he had put together some mixed Eddie Money? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, well, you know, he <laughs> you know what it was is we took two tickets to Paradise. Is what happened. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, man, take me home tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said, baby, hold on to me, you know, and that was it. No, and that's all the anybody I can remember. So you packed your bags. <laughs> that's that's left funny. Tonight. Oh, that's that's right. funny. Yeah. There was a song about walking on water, too, which was not very good, but that's all I can remember, man. <laughs> a yeah. lesser Eddie uh, money. Continuing on. Yes. Uh, anyway, so he, he oh, put together. Mercy. Uh, <laughs> he had put together this uh, <laughs> this uh, uh, road trip tape, you know, and it had. Um, a couple they might be giant songs, including uh Anna Nig. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm still not sure. Anna Ing. Ing? Okay. Anna Ing and I Ing. Ing. Okay. So yeah, Anna Ing. more like the West African pronunciation. I got it. Okay. Um so it's Vietnamese. Is it really? Anyway, so he uh he had uh, put together this uh, you know thing because we were carpooling, we'd drive him there and back, and it was a ways, it was like an hour away or whatever. Anyway, um and uh it was I really liked it, and I'm like, man, who are these guys? They're like, you know. It's like Michael Stipe, but with like more harmonies, you know, and at the time that was the closest thing I could compare it to. That was the closest, you know. Yeah, 80s R.E.M. is fucking great. Yeah, I mean, at the time I was listening to Document and Green and that stuff. So, you know, so you can kind of see about where my head was at. And um, anyway, so uh, I borrowed some CDs from him, including the Istanbul EP or single or EP. I'm not sure which one it's technically, but that actually is like. A great EP, by the way. That's got everything on there is, is awesome. Uh, Ant is on there and Stormy Pinkness. And those are like yes. weird minute and a half long songs. Just they go all over the place. You have no idea where it's leading from the beginning to the end. It's great. Anyway, but James K. Polk, the original 1990 version was on there. And I totally loved it. I, I, I mean, I liked everything I'd heard. But I prefer that one still. I mean, you know, when you hear the original thing, that's the thing you like best, you know, no matter what. And, although I do like the 1996 version with the saw. And I should, I would be remiss if I didn't mention now that Greg is actually a purveyor of the saw, of the harmonic saw. And um, it's not often I get to say that about somebody, but it's nice. Yeah. So you're <laughs> actually, uh, you know, I've, I've heard. I'll play it yeah, later. You've got, some, yeah. you've got some saw skills, you know, so. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, you are an enthusiast, I would say. Even. So, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember even when the 1996 version came out, like, all my friends were like, oh, have you heard this song, James K. Polk? And I'm like, oh, you don't know that song? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought you liked They Might Be Giants. I was, apparently I was wrong. <laughs> so, really, really kind in fact, okay, just quick, quick <laughs> really fast tangent here, but Greg may not even remember this, but some years ago, what? we were recording, guys, recording Outdoor Velour, and I, we were cleaning up, we were just putting away the wires, you know, hanging up all this stuff, and um, I don't know why, but I was talking about this band called The Close Lobsters, right, which I had just heard about a couple months early, I never heard of them, they're like, late 80s, London, kind of K-Records twee, but the british version yeah, yeah it's cool actually anyway i mentioned it and there it's a ridiculous sounding name so like sarah well sarah sarah records was the big tweet lo- uh, label over, over there, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right um well i know that sometimes they would come over and play festivals with k records so there was some good relationship there like mm-hmm. you know heavenly sure anyway um and so i mentioned this band and you were you know rightly were like what the close lobsters what the hell and I think I said, like... It's a weird name. Right, it is. It is. And I, to be honest, I had not heard of them until, like, two months before. 
So I was like, oh, Greg, I'm sorry. I thought you liked music. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize <laughs> you don't know the close lobsters. Yeah, I mean, anyway, but you, were good, you were a good sport about it. And, you know, we had a good laugh. The so, close. The close laugh. Close. Yeah. So every time. Lobsters. Every time I, I see that name come up, which isn't often, I was thinking, I'm like, ooh, that was a. The hell of a oh, they're Scottish? Oh my god. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna it's, go listen to them. Yeah, Foxhead Stockless Land is a really great album, actually. I would really recommend it. Anything anything from Scotland from the 80s oh, yeah. is good. Everything. And I would, All I would tend to agree. Mm-hmm. All of it. I mean, the Vaselines. Yep. Uh, I mean, Bell and Sebastian were a little past that. but Yeah, but they were uh, kind of... The Proclaimers. Oh yeah. I, dude. <laughs> And then recently, you got churches, aka Chiverches, <laughs> right? Uh, and then there was um, Chiverches, Fright and yeah. Rabbit, Fright and Rabbit, yeah. R.I.P. Um, oh yeah, they were Scottish. You got, uh, yep. Um, you got uh, uh, Twilight Sad. Ooh. One of the guys from Chiverches was in Twilight Sad. Really, really dark, very Scottish shoegaze man Ooh. band. Um, Veronica Falls, super good indie pop band, more recent memory. So then, yeah, like there's fe- there's fewer people that live in the whole country of Scotland than in my great state of Indiana. <laughs> fewer people. And yet, all of these bands. We had Mellencamp, okay. He's good. Two guys from Guns N' Roses. True. You know. I mean, we had, Mur- we had Murder by Death formed here. Really. Yeah, that's a great band. Not much more than that. Got John. Not much more John than Hyatt. Um, well, I mean, the Jacksons. I mean, okay, you had the, oh. the Jacksons came from here. <laughs> Flash in the pan. No, what? I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah. Flash in the pan. We're going to hand wave I, Michael Jackson. Yeah, just... Nah, nah. Do I even need to say anything? And then the Jackson 5, yada, 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 and then nothing good came from Tito, right. Um, uh, so, Tito. So... And JMC from Scotland. What is this podcast about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that goes without saying. Well, you just... The Jesus Mary chain. Do I even I, need to... Well, yes. I found the things that go without saying often need to be said not much. So there you go. Okay. The Jesus and Mary Chain, the one other band I could probably start a podcast about without doing any research. I would love to do that. Um, because I've already devoured all of the everything about that band. All right. Um so So they must be giants. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh is there is there so is there more to yeah. the story or are you leading us right into the song? Because um, it sounds like you were leading us right into so, some semblance of structure. I am, I am actually. Uh but I, I remember I was it was a you know, it was a pretty formative song for me um, as a songwriter. Um, and I remember I even played it for a history teacher in high school. And, you know, really? yeah, he was some ultra-right reactionary fuckhead. Yeah, go, going back to James K. Polk, um, I would say that's hugely formative in how I look at writing music. Um, I mean, which is really saying something considering how much of Flood in particular I really like. I mean, that's a major touchstone for me. Um, that was one of the first uh, five albums I bought. I bought five CDs all in one day, and like that was one of them. And you know, those all, all nice. those CDs are all like probably my top fifty, top twenty. You know, so yeah. So I mean, Flood's a huge touchstone. But James K. Polk, which isn't even mm-hmm. on Flood, but which is on the uh, you know the sort of single B side thing, is actually kind of more um, influential for me as a songwriter because. It's like it's so. Let's go ahead and play that. Sure, go ahead. You're talking about the the version from the EP. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. In 1844, the Democrats were split. The three nominees for the presidential candidate were Martin Van Buren, 
was James K. Polk by uh, They Were Giants from the EP. Um, wait, what was the EP? Uh, the EP Istanbul, was called... I Istanbul. So Istanbul yeah. EP. Okay, mm -hmm. yes. 1990? Uh, yeah. There's quite a chronology to this song. Yes. And if you guys aren't familiar with the wiki, the chronology tab is very crucial with this band. Oh, yeah. What are there, five versions um, of this because that yeah, there was a dial-a-song version, which I cannot I find. I've never, um, I've never heard it. Which, yeah, but it says similar to the original version, the original version being the one from the EP we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says, the instrumentation is radically different from the more well-known album version, mm. um, being the main one we're going to talk about mm -hmm. from uh, Factor Sharma. Right. Uh, composed mainly of synthesizers and a drum machine. Solo melody is made of laws instead of the musical song. Mm -hmm. Right. That so sounds, it has no know. saw, hmm. and it's uh twelve seconds longer. Ooh. How? I don't know. Little little tempo variation over the course of three minutes. Yeah, probably just a little tempo. Just wretched. Yeah, wretched I mean, the last chord hangs longer. Yeah, one just indulgence. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if anything, they might be giants are known for. It's their songs are too fucking long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they really need like a good editor. Right. It's like guys. There's yeah. a word. It's called brevity. You know, check mm -hmm. it out, man. So the do you want to say anything more about that EP uh, uh, version just, or the EP in general? Just a little bit, I guess. Um, I, I would say that. Um, well, I mean, I could talk more about just kind of how. Um, I think the song's been a um, a pretty big influence on the more historically based songs, lyrical lyrics that I've written, which is basically anything from like two thousand four, two thousand five on. Is like the majority of the stuff. I write is usually factually mm -hmm. based, you know, and I, I just, it's interesting because it's a, it's a, it's a funny kind of song. It's like a lark, but it's also like an attempt to be as factual as possible, you know, while giving the listener of the song a sense for the sweep and the, uh, meaning of the individual events, what the individual events add up to as an arc, you know, how it, how yep. it affects us. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's pretty profoundly influential on the way I approach it. Um, and, and you know, and the other thing is, uh, as you can tell in the 1996 version, um, the arrangement is not all, I mean, the original one, the 1991 is pretty quirky, you know, it's two synths, uh, some yeah. drums, some la 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 la. It's duo. Yeah. Right. And I classic duo era. Uh, right. Giants, and I yeah. love it and I, I do prefer it, but the other version, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you could almost see a, a slightly more rock arrangement for it. And you could almost see, I don't want to say like you could play it straight, but it could almost be like, you could, you could, I could see a different arrangement kind of making it like, um, you know, somebody, a band like the Decemberists or the Dimes or right. you know, Sufjan Stevens or I like Trains uh -huh. or whoever, I could see that those guys taking in people going, oh, this is, this is a serious song. Well, you know, with They Might Be Giants, there's often that kind of, um, um, almost dismissal sometimes, I think. I mean, do you know what I mean? Where there's this feeling like, uh -huh. where it's like, oh, they're kooky, they're those goofy guys, you know, and it's like, well, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's the usual thing for uh, those idiots that don't get how great they might be giants are <laughs> i almost i almost did a spit take so that was amazing well i, I think literally yeah. it's it's a museum of idiots yeah like oh they're quirky they're that song it's about a president it's just it's just silly right. it's a it's a novelty song right fuck well, off right dan dan i think it's touching on something very interesting with the lyrics in that it's sort of presented with a neutral journalistic type vibe yes um and there is a couple of things that um i i think that it's interesting that i'll start off with there's a couple of things i actually got wrong in or at Mm. least not like totally accurate in the presentation of the lyrics it is not totally correct to describe martin van buren as an abolitionist he was a Mm. what you would (laughs) call a free soiler where he opposed the expansion of slavery into the new territories but you wouldn't say that he was in favor because he was a former president and he never advocated for uh, abolishing slavery while he was president. Um, so, uh, uh, and mm. that was one detail. So he was also a piece of well, shit. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, mo- <laughs> I mean <laughs> but who wasn't? Uh, well, back I mean, I, I think a litany yeah. of old white dudes is going <laughs> to lead you to uh, a litany of pieces of shit. Uh, so, <laughs> yep. But uh, and there's another fact in there. Uh, the the independent treasury was a previously existing thing that he restored, so he didn't really establish it. And that's more of a quibble. Uh, and the uh, organ negotiate. Well, wait. How did? Do- Hold on. How do they say that in the lyrics? They say he said um, he built um, an independent treasury in the lyrics. He built. Okay, so it's more like he rebuilt. Yes. But that's yeah. a, that's equivalent. <laughs> the the other big one is that um, the deal where wherein we got Oregon um, from the British uh, divided along, uh-huh. I believe, is the forty ninth parallel. Uh-huh. Um, was more of a negotiation to avoid <laughs> war. Dork alert. <laughs> well, it wasn't a history major, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Dude, uh, dude, don't 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 be ashamed, man. This is this is. We're I all have zero shame, as evidenced Good. by my appearance. <laughs> there's there's no, no shame this, in your game. This is great. Uh, no, on the, Our listeners are going to love on this. On the 49th just... parallel, uh, it was more of a negotiation with Great Britain. It wasn't really a sale in the same way that the Louisiana Purchase was. So it's, it's not okay. totally accurate to describe it as a sale. Um, and True. obviously an interesting editorial choice in the song I found historically was the Mexican-American War ended up being where most of the Civil War generals cut their teeth. Um, so your ah. Lees, your Grants, your, your people like that, um, and your Jacksons. Yeah, right. I mean, that war is pretty much generally considered a, like, trumped-up, uh, manufactured atrocity um, that's generally just a land grab. Uh, and, you know, the treaty that ended uh-huh. yeah. of guadalupe hidalgo uh, i think that's right um i'll yeah, check yeah. that but you know. uh-huh. that's right yep the tree i'm looking at it right um, now and that is like you basically seized a third of mexico's land area um so he yeah. was important in the sense that he other than jefferson with the louisiana purchase uh he expanded basically the land area of the united states uh the most uh, because he annexed Texas yeah. too, I think during that time yeah. period. Right, um, right. But I think that was yeah, it's nuts. That was probably California, right, California, Nevada. Texas, uh, <clears throat> all of the Southwest. 
Uh, so yeah, Nevada, you know, Arizona, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, and Colorado. Uh, well, I don't know if Colorado Southwest, but um, I'm looking at the Guadalupe Hidalgo. It includes Colorado. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's interesting. So he expanded the territory of the United States probably perhaps more than anybody since Jefferson. Um, I I mean Alaska is just freaking huge. So I think Sewell's purchase of that during the Lincoln administration might be like more square mileage. Alaska is just enormous, sure, but, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's just all wilderness. That actually might be true. I hadn't thought about that. Alaska yeah, so right. So I didn't look up the fact of like who expanded the territory of the United States most in the administration, but he's up there in like as far as sheer number of states in four years. Yeah, they came out of crazy. It. The sheer number of states that came out of his presidency, it's what yeah. like <laughs> ten states, like. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Um, probably, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, pr- at least seven. Yeah, because I don't know how Washington State fits in with like Louisiana Purchase versus um, uh, the uh, 49th parallel issue, but. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure either, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's got to, I mean, if you count Oregon, it's like what, seven or eight, right? I mean, it's a hell of a lot. And I read today that he was trying to convince the Spanish to sell Cuba to the United States. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It didn't go through Man. though. But he was he was a big time expansionist, uh, and it's and so I guess the point I was trying to make was uh, that he's the lyrics of the song are very interesting in that they're very factual, um, mm-hmm. very neutral. He does use some loaded verbs, um, like seized the whole mm-hmm. Southwest from Mexico. Um, that's got some yeah. negative connotations seized. in it, uh, and you know. Uh, seized is kind of doing a lot of work there. Uh, there was a war after <laughs> yeah. all, so you know, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But, it's... Well, have you ever seen what John, what John Linnell tends to do during that portion of the song? Uh, no, he tends to make a claw with his hand and like a crane game, mm. just come down and just like mime, like he's picking up. All, like the Southwest Territory with his claw. Sounds about right. <laughs> he well, he'd need a crane. So, yeah. yep, they'll need a crane oh. to get all of those states <laughs> references. Uh, some references. Whew. We're playing some sort of Jeopardy style game where you combine two them with giant songs together. Right. Hmm. Um, oh, so so, so yeah. Um, so go on, Steve. Or, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I think you? I yeah. was done. <laughs> this is all fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So. So yeah, and then so he he sees the whole Southwest. Oh, he was kind of a bastard. He, he made <laughs> made made sure. So it it gets it stays pretty neutral until the end. Okay, he made sure the tariffs fell. Okay, and made the English sell. He made them sell it. Okay, that's not too aggressive. And it's sounding. the most inaccurate he of built, anything in the song. Um, it was a negotiated okay, like splitting of the territory. It's like the the English got Vancouver, sure. and you know, and that was where they drew the line. Yeah, he he used right. a, he so, used so a, he, it was more like he, he used a very iron hand with Mexico, but with Britain he was more diplomacy. You know what I mean? Because they're white. Yeah, I, I don't have white. much of a beef with the line. It's just not like it's it's a it's a bad verb to use. It's like it wasn't a sale. You know, it was a negotiated truce, basically. Sure. sure. Okay. All right. Sure. And then he built or rebuilt an independent treasury. Having done all this, he sought no second term, but then it hits him hard with, mm-hmm. but precious few have mourned the passing of mm-hmm. Mr. James I mean, Cable, he was quite a dick. Our 11th president. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was, really was. He was a, he was an Andrew Jackson protege. 
Um, and it was it was no. funny because his political career There's your problem. He is the first mm-hmm. instance in the United States of two things. Uh, one of which he is the first and only president known to have died of cholera, um, <laughs> which was like three months after he left office. Right, um, he right. got on he a ship and back left. to right. <clears throat> yeah, he was rolling back to Nashville, or he was doing some tour or something or other, and he got cholera and mm-hmm. just dropped dead at like three months after he left office. Mm-hmm. And wow. the other first he was was that. He he was the first president who could be described as a dark horse. Mm. He was he was interesting because he was this he was this I believe he was the speaker of the house for a couple of years. Uh, yeah. But then he was go- then he gave that job up to run for governor of Tennessee, which he won, but then lost in eighteen forty one, and then was out of politics basically because he he ran again in forty three and forty forty three yeah. and lost the governorship. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he like was this compromised candidate at the convention. Uh, so oh, uh, he was a loser. Yeah, well, loser. <laughs> it, it is kind of. It is actually really interesting. I mean, I was reading about that today. I didn't realize quite how how like much luck played a factor in him actually getting the nomination at the end. Oh, very you much know? so. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, anyway, sorry. Go on. Oh no no. Go oh ahead. wait, did he lose to? Did he lose to William Henry Harrison? Uh, uh, in the pr- I don't know if the primaries were primaries back in the day. Um, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just scanning through. I mean, the Wikipedia thing is is massive here. Um, well, Harrison was a, three weeks after the convention. Harrison, the Whig was presidential a, candidate, because yeah. because you know Hoosier, you know William Henry Harrison, right? The the only president from Indiana is also the dumbest. For wearing no coat at coat. his Should've inauguration and dying. Should have worn a coat. Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. I live in Tippecanoe County. Well, nice. Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. We could drop in that. Then well, uh, uh, and, uh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been competing directly against Tyler. I don't know if he ran through the presidency <laughs> against Tyler in uh, 38 uh, with, uh, what was it? This was a period where we had three presidents in basically four years because we had Harrison, who died in 41 as he was inaugurated. Right. And basically, instantly, <laughs> uh, he died in yeah. thirty days. Dumbass. And then Tyler was inaugurated after that. Um, and there was actually a brief constitutional crisis uh-huh. because the succession rules had to be like uh, the logistics had to be ironed out. But he, oh, the vice president, assumed office, which was Tyler. But he was a one-term president, and yeah. I don't uh-huh. totally remember where he tried to run for re-election and uh, Polk beat him. But uh, I think it was uh, Polk was I the third president in four years, which I believe is the only time that's happened. Wow. <laughs> well, I feel like Tyler <laughs> felt like he didn't have like he kind of knew he didn't have a shot. So I think he threw his support to uh, uh, Clay, um, Henry Clay. Um, right, right, who, right. Who ironically is known as the great compromiser, <clears throat> which is like uh-huh. exactly the opposite of what you would call Polk. Like Polk was the most like oh, unbending, no. iron fist, my way or the highway guy. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and, like, he was he was a big swinging dick. Like yes, it was exactly. exactly. And uh, and I'm wrong about what I just said uh, because it happened again with Nixon resigning, Ford finishing out the rest of his term, and then Carter uh, coming in. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, of course. Because interesting. So that was the other time we had three presidents in four years. Um, yeah, wow. So, because it, it only requires a one-term president 
and someone to die in office, basically. <laughs> like, so. Right. right. Or, or resign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. In, in shame. Yeah. <laughs> resign in yeah. disgrace, and then people get back yeah. tattoos of you for some reason. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Steven, that's a thing. Steve and that's I were Roger about this Stone. Like last, yeah, Roger Stone. <laughs> I thought we, that was like, a Richard Gere oh, wow. gerbil situation. Yeah, um, where it's shit. like you know you've that heard it, wasn't it true, and, yeah. but there's no way it's fucking true. But apparently, yeah. it's true. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? So, this is it. That 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 tears it. That's the that's straw. It. That broke you. I'm gonna, guys. I'm gonna go live on the it's sun. It's like, hey, SpaceX, can you hook a brother up, uh, please? Uh, I, 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 please fire me into yeah, the sun. Can you just launch me off this shithole, please? Oh my because god. I don't Honestly, know if you've noticed, yeah. but people have Richard Nixon back tattoos, and that's not yeah. okay. But they're ironic, right? No. Ironic. No. Roger Stone is a he's. He worked for Nixon when he was very Roger Stone. He was the one who got um, arrested. Um, gosh, now that was he was the latest Mueller in IT. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a self-described dirty wow. trickster. Uh, he's he's a real piece. Of, he's real. He's a bag of shit too. Let me tell you. If you, you know, if I, if I may recommend, <laughs> this, other, the, this might be a bag of shit. Podcast. If I may, re- <laughs> if I may recommend it, uh, there's not there's a podcast that's not too far from that in title. It's called mm-hmm. Behind the Bastards. Mm. Oh, in writing this down. Oh, uh, it's about political assholes. Uh, v- very much so. Uh, it's uh, they they go nice. into it's very well researched. Just by an independent journalist, I think uh, he was also a former um, former comedy writer at Cracked. Um, oh, nice. His name's oh. Robert Evans, and he does really good work on like deep dives into terrible people. And he's got awesome. a great series on Paul Manafort, great series on Roger Stone. Uh, he does a lot of like, mm. he does a lot of podcasts on like, he delves into that Saddam Hussein was like a romance novel writer. Yes. And it's like That's weird so as hell. What? Yeah. It's the best podcast I listen to right now. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, other than this one. Other than this one. I think I think we should be clear as a position of uh, this might be a podcast that James K. Polk was probably a giant douche canoe. Um, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I agree. And That's the that, perfect way to say it. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, on the more than I probably. mean, on the other hand, like California is important, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he well, as far as getting stuff done goes, he did a great job. Yeah. But as far as doing it without being a total asshole, not so much. Yeah. Right, right. It's, I mean, you know, like he he did what he he accomplished what he wanted by any means necessary. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and and I actually was listening to a uh, podcast um, on the Washington Post does called Presidential, uh, and it, uh, each episode is about a different you know president chronological order. So the eleventh episode is about Polk. And they were interviewing uh, this author, this professor who spent like, you know, like, I think she said she spent about 10 years uh, researching and writing about Polk and, and his wife. And, God, and she, sounds depressing. She said, she's like, I got to tell you, they are the most boring people. She's like, people who are that certain, that like totally like uh, dogmatic are the most boring, humorless people. She says, you read through the letters, the journals, there's never anything funny. There's never a joke or even a slight witticism. Like, I mean, they say, right. they said with Polk, like, they would they have... They fucked through a hole in the sheet. 
<laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, didn't take off their underwear. You can do when anything they had through the freedom of the sheet. You know, that's just the you know, that's what they say. So, did he have any kids? No, he was he oh. was uh, impotent actually. Uh, no, I'm not making that up. He was. Yeah, he had a bladder stones um, that caused him to be a very sickly child, and then at 15, he finally had a surgery by this kind of fairly famous surgeon. Who, uh, but there was like no anesthetic. I mean, like they gave him like I don't know, like brandy or whiskey, and it, sure. it did succeed in removing the stones. But they believe it left him either impotent or sterile, if you will. Sterile. Yeah. So this is why he was so angry. Well, and actually, yeah, I'm glad you said that because this is his manhood. That's what <laughs> that they, makes my joke not work, Dan. Oh God! <laughs> yes, but it, it but it segues so nicely into something. It <laughs> really did. <laughs> so it it gives a whole new meaning to Napoleon of the Stump. Yeah, right. Ah, that will give you a complex. He couldn't right? get he, he couldn't get a full on wood. He couldn't get a full on wood. Do you, do you think he stump. was getting trolled there with that nickname? Was I that common really knowledge? About that. Oh. Uh, huh. it was, yeah, it was well known. I mean, he, because people had children by the time, like he was married at a pretty early age. Yeah. So he would have, he would have immediately started procreating because that was the, the custom at the time. As, as one does, right? Sure. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, yeah. People, people, I'm guessing people didn't know exactly what it was, but people probably talked behind their backs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, they don't have any children. There must be something wrong. Right. Well, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And but he's I, Napoleon it, of the stump. Ha ha ha. Mm, it's a good dumb. play on words. Yeah. Actually. It, yeah. 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 So yeah. So I'm looking. I'm. I found that part in Wikipedia right here. So yeah. Right. Uh. Yeah. His father took him to see the prominent Philadelphia physician, Doctor Philip Singh Fis Fisick, mm, for urinary mm -hmm. stones. The journey was broken. Was broken off by James' severe pain. And Dr. Ephraim McDowell of Danville, Kentucky, operated to remove them. No anesthetic was available except for brandy. Damn. The operation was successful. I know, right? The operation was successful, but it might have left James impotent or sterile as he had no children. So even, like, I think even research probably, it's, it wasn't documented. I doubt James was in his diary at night like, <laughs> Woe is me! My boner doesn't work. <laughs> well, apparently he didn't like care about anything anyway. Like apparently he didn't care about sex. He didn't care about art. He didn't care about music. He didn't care about like people. He had like no personality. He like literally lived for politics day and night. And like they say that actually the reason why he probably got cholera right after he his term expired was because he had worked himself so hard. He just wasn't sleeping. And it yeah. was like he was just the most humorless just single-minded guy which is good i guess except wow. in this case his goals were really evil so well and yeah do? and i i don't want to pine too much on um kind of the morality at all of uh united states expansionism in the 19th century oh. because it's just oh, like let's, it's, oh, let's it's, opine. it's all no. stolen land right and like <laughs> absolutely so, yeah yeah, I mean, when we the first time we set foot on soil, you know, the, when the English yeah. came over. I mean, come on. Oh, well, yeah. and not Absolutely. to mention, it's all based well, on path, yeah, murder and the the, the path was cleared by the greatest uh, plague in human history, um, right? Where basically smallpox and other European diseases from uh, the conquistadors, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically right. wiped mm. out. 60 to 90 percent of uh of uh what uh two continents well one continent but like uh north and south oh. america basically contained 
That is insane. Upwards maybe of a hundred. I think I've heard estimates as high as a hundred million, but don't quote me on that because I haven't looked that stat up lately. But it's sure. like keep talking. I'll look it up. But it's it is the greatest mm-hmm. like mass loss of life and society disruption where it's like they're like how did the conquistadors with like four hundred dudes conquer <laughs> uh, Mexico City? I was like, well, everybody died uh, right, of disease. Right, right. Like that's how it happened. Like they thought the apocalypse yeah, and those was that were coming, left and you would too right. if nine out of ten of your bros <laughs> like dropped dead all of a sudden. You would think the world was ending too, and it right. Was, yeah, you'll like read in these textbooks, they'll be like, well, the conquistadors and the early settlers had these flintlock rifles that, and they were excellent. Sh- and it's like, no, not really, nope. dude. It was because of smallpox. Nope. Massive like amounts that, yeah. of death from disease. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. I well, mean, sure, but yeah. also a guy's easier to shoot if he's like crippled over in pain. Well, also that, that, but he was already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make, you make yeah. a good point. He was going to die anyway. You yeah. don't need much ammunition for dead people. Yeah, smallpox yep. for the assist. Yep. Yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> wow, I'm going to hell for that one. Okay, um, so here we go. Yes. Here we go. I got a little something here. This is on a website called Past Medical History. It's a mm. British website about, uh, uh, I don't know, medicine, I suppose, but it's about uh, the history of medicine. Uh, so this the, the article is Smallpox and the Conquest of Mexico. Mm. And um, so... Okay, two years, uh, so 1517, the Spanish conquistadors uh, first uh, arrived in Tenochtitlan. I'm going to pronounce it wrong, and Car is going to be mad at me. (laughs) Tenochtitlan, I totally got it wrong. Uh, uh, The ruler of the Aztecs. Sounds great. uh, Motecazoma II, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Made the Spanish welcome. Things were friendly between the Spanish and the Aztecs initially. Two years later, the conquistadors began their conquest of Mexico, Mm -hmm. and by August of 1521, uh, the city had been destroyed. The Spanish colony of New Spain was established, and the Aztec Empire had ended. Uh, for the reason for this rapid and dramatic destruction of such a mighty empire was multifactorial. The superior weaponry of more sophisticated <laughs> mil- and military rifles, tactics baby. of the Spanish. <laughs> well, the military tactics could possibly have been more. I'm more, sure uh, they were, know. but come on, sure. man. <laughs> sure, but. The, 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 yes. Um, Let's be real, man. It's multifaceted, Steve. Okay, it's multifaceted. Do you know how shitty it's a complex guns were web. in the 1500s? <laughs> very. Like how likely very. they were to just the, explode in your face. And, oh, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. kill the, kill the Rifling person. Rifling yeah. hadn't even uh, been invented yet. <laughs> true. Okay, God, so, that's true. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, there's just a little bit more here. The superior weaponry and more sophisticated military tactics of the Spanish, Mm -hmm. the religious beliefs of the Aztecs, and the long history of ritual sacrifice and persecution of the other peoples living in Mexico all played essential roles. Mm. There are a large number of detailed resources available on the subject, and they suggest something called the History on... Called History on Fire podcast. Mm. History on Fire. Probably interesting. In addition to these factors, smallpox undoubtedly played a huge part in the fall of the Aztec Empire. (laughs) While Cortez and his army began their campaigning, (laughs) I know, right? Began their campaign against the Aztecs in 1519. When they began in 1519, over 30 million people were living in Mexico. 100 years later, after a series of smallpox epidemics had decimated the local population, 
it is estimated only around 1.5 to 3 million natives had survived. That is... It went from 30 million to 3 million. That is decimation on the order of which that you don't even mention the other factors. Like, come on. Right. Right. (laughs) They're like, oh, they had great (laughs) tactics. I'm like, no, nine and a half out of ten people were dead. Like... Smallpox is a horrific and highly contagious illness that initially caused high fevers, vomiting, headache, and severe abdominal and back pain. Uh, The symptoms subside, though, after a few days. But then, a few days later, the renown rash appears. The rash appears on the face and hands and rapidly spreads to cover the entire body. Within two days of appearance, the rash turns into abscesses that are filled with fluid and pus. Mm. The abscesses then break open and scab over. The scabs fall off, leaving scars. Mm. This whole horrible process takes a month or so, and the infected person is contagious until the scabs have all fallen off, which takes a month. Yep. They were contagious for a month. Yeah. No, it's... The the major form of the disease has a mortality rate of 30 to 35% and has several serious complications, including scarring, blindness, and limb deformities. Mm. Thanks, Spanish. Well, mm-hmm. and not to, not to mention that it was introduced into a population that had no, nat- no uh, natural immunity to the disease. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, they were sitting ducks and, there. And uh, there's, there's, there are contemporaneous <clears throat> accounts of like basically people like just dropping dead of like of mm-hmm. diseases. Like, um, yeah. No, I've I've heard that too. It's it's insane. I mean, it's like when you hear about the Belgian Congo and and the um, malaria that the Belgians well, brought. What was you know, the number? You, and what was oh, the yeah, number you, you said? said it was, was like thirty million yeah. to one and a half to three. That's at least ninety yep. percent. It's insane. That's crazy. And, and that's well, in, what, 100 years? This, this website this website's pretty interesting. They have an illustration, a 16th century Aztec illustration of smallpox victims, um, which just shows a bunch of people with spots all over them lying in blankets in what looks like horrible pain and some mm. sort of some like doctor type person trying to treat someone God. and probably catching it themselves. Yeah. 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 No. And if you're contagious for that long, the vector, the disease vector is just so effective. Oh yeah. And, and, and also like those, uh, societies, uh, the Aztecs and the Incas, they also had, um, basically the first plague in Rome that we know about and learn about in school mm-hmm. is the plague of the Justinian. Yeah. And mm. it was spread effectively by Roman roads. Modern society makes disease like super effective at just killing as many people yeah. as possible. Um, yeah, if people move around more, yeah. they move the disease yeah, around. I mean, if you, and, if, so, yeah. and if you've got if you've a seen long the movie Contagion, you know. Yeah, you know, and if you've got contagion. a long latency period and you've got a long period which you're infectious but maybe not symptomatic, you you are gonna like one person is gonna. Spread the disease to numerous people. Right. So we're on a, a, a very long tangent, an interesting tangent mm. of that. And luckily, they might be Giants fans or people who like to learn stuff, typically, or mm. else. Do you they know. like disease vectors, Greg? I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to speak for all of us and say we love disease vectors, I mean, except when we come into that vector. Right. I mean, it's it's not so much liking as if it's not a romance. It's more just like, well, I I admire the disease vector, you know, like I'll call it up in the middle of the night and be like, hey, do you think I said the right thing at the party tonight? But I mean, I don't love the disease vector. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we, we could say that smallpox, um, it kicked a lot of ass and it was the Spanish's fault that it kicked a lot of ass in 
in what is now known as Mexico. Yeah, right. It, so, and and, yeah. and that's kind of what I feel when people are like, well, James K. Polk, he was very effective. I'm like, yeah, uh, so was <laughs> cholera. You know, so yeah. was malaria. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, they were effective. They don't deserve our sympathy or our admiration, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should we should Truth. we should relegate them to to you know to the the hall of villains, if you will. I mean, in, in my opinion. So seriously, yeah. here in the hall of heads. Yes, the hall of heads. Perfect. Oh, I knew there was something. I knew there was that they might be giants in there. And Beautiful. a Futurama. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Very they, true. Well, and also it's like any powerful person. It's like there's the fortune of the United States was built on land as it was acquired. Um, we got California, which by itself is what? The fifth largest economy in the world? Um, mm-hmm. it, wow. In the in world? The, world, the state? By itself, of- yeah and holy shit and that land the bottom half of which was mexico's and we have that now and that is a big part of the united states economic success (laughs) (laughs) and booyah (laughs) but i loved it i I absolutely loved it this was me as a James K. Polk supporter. Right. I have a tattoo on my oh, back. Like, I have a tattoo of him on my back. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's got a picture of James K. Polk at his most serious. <laughs> and yet there's a cartoon bubble above him that says boot. <laughs> Did you see the mullet on that president, wow. BT Dubs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. I'll, I'll tell you what. There is one thing I do admire about James K. Polk, and that is the, that mofo could pop a collar correct. You know what I mean? Yes. You see that? He's like, he pops. I'm like, damn, he pops that shit correct. It's, so I will say that. Anyway. That's starchy. So go on, go on, Steve. <clears throat> oh, uh, well, no, I was going to say just like um, there is the expression like, Every fortune has a great crime behind mm. it, and that's mm-hmm. probably true mm. in this case as well. I invented that expression. Yeah, and Did you? <laughs> uh, it's actually uh, it was, it was, I got it from a Chris Rock bit, but you know, <laughs> I uh, oh nice. I didn't. I don't know what it's from, but I, I used it actually as a as the uh, part of a chorus for a song I've been working on the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah. Uh, last couple of years. Well, when's the song yeah, dropping? These, these take a germination time. I mean, this is the thing about. James K. Polk and the like. Okay. It's an influence, okay. but on the well, other hand, I have to read like three or four books, and then in the process, it takes Okay, I'm going to place a deadline on you. You ready? I'm going to place a deadline right. on you. So we're recording this on President's Day. <clears throat> I've decided that rather than jumping the queue, which I've done to people that have recorded their episodes, uh, I figure this this will air about, like, if I did it in order of when we recorded it, it would air probably in July. What I am willing to do is bump it up to June to... Have this episode come out on the day that James K. Polk fucking died. Because mm. fuck that guy. <laughs> Do you guys know? June 15th. June 15th. I know because it's the day before my this... birthday. That's all the only reason I know. So, <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> so you celebrate his death and then you celebrate your birthday. I am like slante. You know, yeah, no. I'm not <laughs> so I'm going to release this episode. So if you want to finish that song... Ooh. If you want to finish that well, song, song is, I will put it into this episode. The song is called Good as Gold, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So, well, welcome back. So, after our, our commercial break from uh, Me Undies, here, here, I got it, I got it. Here, wait, I got it, I got it, okay. Casper Mattresses, when you're laid up with smallpox, <laughs> you're going to want to be laying on a comfortable mattress. <laughs> 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 
Casper, Casper, Casper mattresses ship to your quarantine door in a box the size of a mini fridge. And then uh, after you give the mail person, the delivery person, smallpox, you will uh, you open your box. <laughs> your mattress will unfurl and you will lay on your mattress until you are dead. <laughs> Casper mattresses for the discerning, dis- discerning diseased gentleman or gentlewoman. Because, Casper mattresses. Yeah. Okay, and we're back. Because, because thank, when you're thank you. when you're stumbling towards the the icy grip of death at the end, you know when you're when you're in that those last few moments before you enter the coldest of the grave, uh, the eternity of the grave. You want to be comfy. You know what I mean. I'm just saying. So and now yeah. and now introducing yeah. Casper caskets. <laughs> Ava- oh, wow. Available in all sizes wow. from infant to oh. adult. Woo. Is shipped in a how yes. did they do that box? <laughs> you know the shipping charge on those caskets is pretty high, but you know, but boy, it's made it of a, it's it. made of a lightweight foam, rough. but it has it has a it's breathable, it's breathable, it and it has a uh, the the foam uh, inside the the coffin contours to your withered frame. <laughs> God, it is though, but you know, it's, it's, oh, good it's, lord, it's expensive, Just, but it's worth it. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. got my coffin picked up. Spare no expense whilst dying of smallpox. Um. Okay, so there's a couple things. Should we talk about music yeah, of some kind? There's a. There's a. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a song in here. <laughs> we're supposed a, to be discussing a couple things. Uh, a couple things I um, want to talk about. Um, in the uh, old notes here, the first one is. Um, I guess sort of how I feel like they might be giant. Um, and this is something I touched on earlier, where there's a certain, because they often have these incredibly catchy melodies, and because they often, um, uh, do you know what the word, in, you understand enjambment, it's like a poetic term, meaning like, you've got a word that's like halfway here, and then there's a dash, and then they finish it, you know, it's like hyphen, they do yeah, a yeah, fair yeah. amount of that, which, I, don't, I mean, to be honest with you, I do a lot too, probably because I'm influenced by them. And I think often there's a there's a feeling like oh the, like we were saying oh those quirky those quirky they, those quirky Johns you know or whatever I mean yeah I mean, those there was, guys there was even a time actually <laughs> where um uh, I I didn't listen to them for like a couple years because I was you know how dare you get off this podcast I know because I love I love them <laughs> well I was I was Leave. I was living no no I was turn off your microphone <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was living the austere, <laughs> the austere existence of life without the mind. So I'd appreciate it more later. No, but really the thing was, is that my, my brother and I with our band, you know, um, we would, we were always getting compared to them, to they might be giants. And I think at the time they might be giants was sort of like the closest thing in the mid nineties through the mid aughts to what like a casual mainstream listener would know of as the one weird band, you know what I mean? Like, cause they, maybe they had seen tiny tunes or maybe yeah. they knew that song. And so it was like, so like everything, I mean, like you would hear like, uh, the mountain goats or you play like cake or I don't know, bare naked ladies, anything. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, it's, it sounds like they might be giants. And it was kind of irritating. Cause it was like this dismissal of it. It was like, Okay, sure, uh, right. yeah. the subtext was, oh, well, we know they're, they might be, it's like they might be giants, so we don't have to take it seriously. And that's not true, because with James K. Polk, 
the emotions are more complex. The, the layering is more complex. They're appearing objective. And, but this is true of a lot of their stuff. There's this, there's that, there's this layering mm. to it that's more than just this surface biography of this guy. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I know that they said they just kind of opened up the book and, and, and chose Polk because they didn't know much about him. But I mean, there's a reason why the song is so enduring. It's because for out of luck or editorial wisdom on their part, they chose this guy. And it's a fascinating story that hugely affects our lives now. And it's something that I think. Unfo- Here we go. Well, I think. <laughs> I think un- yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I think unfortunately a lot of people uh, uh, would kind of go, oh well, it's got this catchy major key melody, and it's got these synths, and it's got these harmonies, and it's got the ba ba ba's in the middle, and all that, mm-hmm. and so they could kind of dismiss it, and I, you know, well, I mean, and I think part of it probably also has to do with the fact that I, when Jeffrey and I started writing music in the late '90s, it was like that time of the. Like, like the only music that was like really serious was like, you know, you had to have like your eyes bulging and you like the veins coming out of your neck. You like, you were like, you know what I mean? Are you talking about like new metal? I'm talking about new metal. I'm talking about stained or like days of the new. And that was serious because, you know, you were singing a song about like how your dad wasn't, wasn't totally awesome to you or whatever. And uh, so there was almost this, this uh, gamut at the time, I think. Um, where you had like, uh, on one hand you had that, which is like, you know, my dad didn't treat me right, stained, et cetera, or Nickelback or whatever. And on the other hand, you had, they might be giants or something like that. But in truth, what it was is it wasn't, these weren't novelty songs per se. I mean, they might be giants. They've, right. they've been, yeah, they've been no, doing a long time. I mean, if they were doing novelty songs, I think they would have probably retired by now because they'd be like, nah, whatever. Right. Well, you, you. You raise mm-hmm. a couple of interesting points, and I think the uh, just a couple. I mean, <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> Not <kidding>. a lot. <laughs> no, I didn't I mean to it. phrase it that. I didn't I mean totally, to phrase I it that dickishly. It. I totally uh, but what I, what I mean is that it's like it's interesting because what we were talking about before was with mm-hmm. the neutrality of it. It's like they will go yes. to the dark place with their songwriting. And they will definitely go to the dark place. And what they've what they chose to do in this place was sort of do yes. fact finding and also make it's like a state song mm-hmm. except for a president. And it's an interesting president. We were talking about state songs briefly. Not- Dan has not heard state songs, Steve. I haven't. Oh wow. Wait, you haven't? <laughs> that that came out when we were at Augie. No. I didn't play that for you at Augie. Well, maybe you did. <laughs> Maybe you did. I don't know. There was a lot of me. <laughs> oh yes, uh, <laughs> which according to the and the decline. It was like according to the second. It was like episode, Minkar yeah. and the decline. Yeah, that second that second episode was talking. About yeah, Minkar. but what I mean by that is, it's a very fact. I've heard a few state songs, just not like I don't think I've ever put the record in and listened God. to it. Montana um, and Maine are two of John Linnell's best songs really and I'm including every. No, they're great. They might be giant song. They're so good. No kidding. Wow! All right, oh, I, yeah. I have got to check God. it out. Right? I, I do you like John Linnell? I, well, Dan, I like. The, do you like John? I like Linnell? the Johns. I like them both. I like them both equally. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that whole Twitter war about like. Well, no, I'm not were... saying that. But do you like the John Linnell songs that you hear? I do. Are you a fan of them? Then you See, should listen to this. For, for the my, love of God, this is your revenge for my close lobsters bullshit earlier, and I totally, you know what? I, d- <laughs> I d- and I deserve it. You're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, I kept that tab open on my computer here, so I'll remember to check. <laughs> oh, out well, actually, you'd love them. Yeah, but but 
But it is interesting that, you know, they made this choice and they do, I think you're right, get a subtle dig yeah. at the very end. <laughs> that I know? talked about it's a half like, hour ago. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. That's true, though. Yeah, yeah it's and it's interesting. Good. He's like, objectively, one of the most significant oh, yeah. presidents we've had. Uh, and I don't mean, I, I'm using a value-neutral right, right, word right. on purpose. Um, and it's... But yeah, nobody remembers him because you've got to talk about all this problematic <laughs> yeah. shit when yeah, you discuss yeah. him. And so when you present his accomplishments in the way that they do, they get that dig in at the end. They don't editorialize, in my view. They didn't make that choice, which is interesting because they have chosen to go that way. True. You know, I'd also, songs. if I like jump in real quick, I'd also say that um, people don't remember Polk. Because he was so milquetoast, like you were mm-hmm. saying, Dan, like he was just so boring. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the only thing not boring about him was that he was a huge asshole, <laughs> you know, like that was the least mm-hmm. boring thing about him. And nobody wants to, to like revere an asshole president <laughs> except these people that get the Nixon tattoo. So it's like you got Abraham Lincoln, you know, Abraham Lincoln is like just this huge figure mm-hmm. and obviously... We all know the great things he did, but he was also just this towering man with Marfan syndrome and a chin strap beard and wore a top hat. And he was just like this <laughs> yeah. huge figure, like larger than life kind of thing, like like a great guy to make a million movies about. Mm-hmm. And then you had like George Washington, who was a general and he was just like tough as nails. And he was probably a huge dick, too. But like, you know, he was the first president. He, you know, there's all these famous portraits of him, even like the little stories about chopping down the cherry tree, blah, 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 all this stuff. You know, yeah, no doubt. and then right, he he's good. Right, for lore. like the, they've got the lore. While James K. Polk is just like, yeah, he did a lot of shit for the country, but he was just a dick, and he was, you know, there's really that's all there is to him. Like he he was a huge dick, and that's yeah. how he got stuff done. End of story. Like that's yeah, it. Yeah. Well, and and, and the Sp- and the uh, American Mexican War is pretty much universally by historians said like. Yeah, this was a land grab, plain and simple. There's no, like, rah-rah, flag-waving stuff to say about Mm -hmm. it because it was a land grab, and that's what it was. Right. And, like, there's no way to look at it and be like, yeah, that was just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) give us, it was basically like, give us your milk money, nerd. (laughs) Yeah, that was exactly what happened. That's the perfect way to say it, actually, yeah. Except lots of people died. (laughs) Right. And... Yeah, except it and, was a massacre, but still, yes, yes. Yeah, no, you're right. right. You're it's kind right. of a bummer. But he's interesting because he wasn't like, it was an interesting moment because he sort of seized power in a place, and this doesn't have a ton to do with the song, and we'll get to the musical aspects of sure. it in a moment, but what I would say is that he's very interesting in that it is true that in four years he met his platform. Yeah. He's really the only president I know of to do Yeah, that, me too. Where it's like he had campaign promises of I'm going to expand the shit out of our territory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get rid of these tariffs. Right. And I'm going to fix this issue with right, Great Britain. Right. And he did all. Right. Which cool. Elections have consequences and he he did what he said he would do. Indeed. On the other hand, like, I think Mexico would have uh, something to say about a bunch of the stuff he did. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned elections. Um, I found out just a couple days ago that um, Henry Clay, well, the election was extremely close. I guess Polk only got like 49.5 of the vote, which is a fair amount. 
But I guess Clay... It was a three-way race, right, right? Right, That's the interesting part. And people can draw the contemporary comparisons however they like. That's fine. I'm not going to lead the horse to water. But I will say it's interesting how... What was his name? James Burney, who was a, a very strong mm-hmm. abolitionist who I'm, I'm sure I agreed with on most issues, I would suspect. But because of that, he ended up stealing like something like ten to 12,000 votes in New, New, oh, New York. And that would have tipped... That sounds familiar. Exactly! <laughs> it's like that could have tipped it. And people, I mean, historians will say, and this isn't like, you know... Alternate history literature or or fan James Bernie really his name is James, James Bernie B I R N E I believe his name is Bernie yeah. Sanders oh, okay okay James James <laughs> yeah, Bernie no. Sanders Bernie would have won man <laughs> but uh, but anyway <laughs> okay. uh, you know and I say that, well anyway um but yeah it's interesting because historians will say and and like I said it's not like uh, a matter of like fanciful historical fiction. A lot of historians will say that right. they believe if Henry Clay become president, uh, which without Bernie he would have, um, there probably would have been no Mexican War and there probably would have been no Civil War. I mean, he was known as the Great Compromiser. Yeah. And it's it's chilling to me. No Civil I War. I mean, a that's days. a big that's, statement. To, that's, that's, a, that's a bold yeah. claim. Well, they say, that, they say yeah. that Polk, one of his legacies, his unfortunate legacies, was he inflamed the tensions because now that we had all this new like land, it was like, well... Yeah, you had to decide who was going to be slave and who was going right, to be free. Right, exactly. And it created hmm. all these yep. things that I ended up learning about in school, which I didn't realize were related to this. Yeah, Bleeding Kansas. Bleeding Kansas and, and like, you know, yeah. the... Um, uh, was it... Uh, what the heck is it? Uh, Brooks Sumter and the Wilcox Proviso and, you know, Dred Scott yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Nat Turner Rebellion. You know, all these things that we say, oh, these are the things that led up to it. And it's like, oh... Yeah, fugitive slave. Right, act right, exactly. All, all yes, exactly. Where, and it's it's where it's like it it put forth a situation where being southerner or being northerner was an identity, and you don't often get to argue very much with an identity. Very true. And that's so. That's such a good way to say that. Actually, I'm going to just suggest that you two guys start a podcast to talk about. <laughs> Uh, this... <laughs> are we fucking this up? Uh, yeah. Are, are we fu- Yeah. So let's, let, let's talk about how the songs arranged. Oh, yes. wait, they're instruments. So let's talk about the factory showroom version, because that is the okay. one I think most yeah. people are familiar with. And, and it's much more yeah. complex. Yeah. I mean, people may it's have much- just heard for the first time, they may have just heard the uh, EP version from 1990. I mean, sure. honestly... I didn't hear it till like a decade after hearing, you know, the factory showroom version. Because Greg, I thought you liked "They Might Be Giants." <laughs> <laughs> yes! Callback. Yes. Callback. Yes! Callback humor. Sign of a callback true callback humor, baby. Are you allowed to call back <laughs> but, to someone else's joke, though? I don't know. I'll allow no, it. At, I'm oh, going I, to I allow will, this. I, I'm just a I'm, simple country lawyer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just a simple hyper chicken. And gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> I'm just, I don't Ladies understand these new facts. Let's all quote different lawyer things at once. Um, oh, Lord. Well, I mean, my, my first... <laughs> I'm just a simple hyper chicken from a backwoods galaxy. <clears throat> but <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just an unfrozen caveman. <laughs> caveman lawyer. <laughs> caveman lawyer. Oh, Phil Hartman. Is that a confused. Phil Hartman bit, right? Yep. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Caveman lawyer. Oh. oh, rest in the most peace. Indeed. Um, um Indeed. Yeah. 
It's like, why couldn't James K. Polk have died younger and Phil Hartman lived a lot longer? Um, well, well, how old was yeah. Polk when he died? 53. Um, okay, so he wasn't that old, oh, wow. actually. I mean, yeah, for back was, then, that was fairly, you know, well, that was a good life. Well, if you made it past childhood, you had a normal life expectancy. He barely um, made it right. past childhood. It, well, right. Um, but Honestly, if you did yeah. avoid, like, measles and uh, fuck you, anti-vaxxers, by the way. Uh, but mm-hmm. Seriously, um, fuck them. Undersigned. But uh, <laughs> if you made it past childhood, you could live, like, you know, you didn't see a ton of, like, people that lived to 100 uh, because, you know, they had, like, they couldn't fucking brush their teeth, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and they didn't... You know, and there's a bunch of stuff that could get you, but basically, if you got past childhood diseases, you did live to, you could live to, like, your 60s and 70s. Um, you didn't see, like, octogenarians with the same regularity you see today. Right. Sure. But uh, sure. De- you definitely could live a long life. If, if you, you stayed away from childhood. bears. Yeah. <laughs> If you lived uh, in a city and you stayed away from murderous mobs, and if you lived in the country, you stayed away from... Honestly, pre-antibiotic strep was a good thing to avoid. Sure. Um, I can believe you got scarlet fever, and that could kill the shit out of you. Oh, I don't believe in Uh, antibiotics either. Measles, Uh, rumps, and rubella. uh, Aren't antibiotics actually Did I say rumps instead of mumps? I think I did. Maybe. Uh, Rumps. That's the whole the, different thing. Get that rump disease. Uh, the rump. Shake it out of so, so, hey, let's talk about... <laughs> hey, hey! Uh, the rump I can't believe disease. I'm the one pulling this back on track. So, the arrangement of the factory showroom version. Yes. I like how it's kind of got a rollicking start with that kind of like galloping floor tom. And then the hard strummed acoustic guitar. You know, it really gets it off in like a kind of... Like a like yeah like you're galloping through the old west and Linnell's I I like Linnell's delivery because yeah. like they they might be giants are the kind of guys that can shift their voices to a song and people aren't gonna right. like bad an it's eye at very it very like, this week mm-hmm. on type of voice right. that he uses like, yes he's like newscaster voice forty four mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's, yeah. it's almost right, a, right it's almost a speak sing. Right, yeah. like he's a voiceover in a documentary about James K. Polk. Yeah, it's if Cronkite sang, there you go, or Ken yeah. Burns sang, like that's right. what it would sound like. And or that or the uh, Frontline documentary guy, I don't know his name, but yeah, he's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But you know, it's always been the same voice for like forty right. years. Right, it's though. a it's a spoken song thing, and it sounds great in that way, and it's a great yeah. choice vocally that he makes. Um, I want to talk about that bass part. Sure. That is a sneaky good bass lick. Yeah, the bass player on that track is uh, Graham Maybe. I think I know if it's Maybe or Mabby. It's M A B Y. It's not Graham Mm. Maybe. I mean, Graham Graham... Maybe is a good bass player because he's (laughs) definitely, yeah. He's got some sick licks on this track. Um, Yeah. That bass part wanders all over the place. And like I was texting you guys earlier, I was like, is he Mm -hmm. palm muting like most of the song? Because it is the most staccato lick I've ever heard. And it's got this like tone to it that's very much like. It sounds like old ass strings on a busted yeah. bass. Um, you know, I I listened to it a bit, Steve, and I I, I thought about your question. And honestly, I mean, uh, my best guess is it um, 
a handkerchief maybe or a rag of some kind on yeah. the neck. I would huh. sometimes you would see with like um uh the wrecking crew, like uh yeah. Carol Kay, who is very famous, you know, I mean she played on the yeah. on, on Pet Sounds right. Smile. Right. I mean she's a legend. And like, you know, supposedly she hadn't changed her strings and she said like thirty some years. <laughs> right. But I mean uh, yes. no, I mean I mean literally she said I that and, but I mean yeah. but you you can't you can't beat how good it's sounding. I think it does. It's probably something like that. I mean, the closest comparison I can think of was, um, it was a weird choice, too. It was, um, I started thinking about the song by Bruce Springsteen called 57 Channels. And right. it's, it's not an overly well-known song, but it's mostly just bass and drums. And he has this very muted, almost like, it's almost like surf rock, like Dwayne Eddy or, yeah. or uh, Dick Dale, but, but, but like playing the bass, not guitar. And, I agree. It's it's a great baseline. Do you think it's palm it. muted? It's really, a little bit, <clears throat> like a slight palm muting. Some of it, I think, sure. is, but he does some two string like uh-huh. um, ringtones, like where he's like do 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 from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. between strings, and it does have some sustain. Sure, but yeah. It's very muted. It's right, very right. muted. I mean, there are like, degrees. Like, if you're real precise about how much skin is touching the, you know, the mm-hmm. strings by the by the bridge. Um, I just want to say a little bit about uh, Graham here. I'm I'm looking up here. Uh, he was a longtime yeah, bassist for Joe Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I see it. Uh huh. Really. And so he joined the MIP Giants in 1994. He was on John Henry as well as Factory Showroom, but he was also oh, was on. He? Um, couple EPs, the Why Does the Sunshine EP, Back to Skull. He was on wow. Severe Tire Damage, the live album. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Working Undercover yeah. for the Man EP, which was prior to Mink Carr, because then that song was then redone on Mink Carr. Um, That's interesting. Right. In 97, so he was only with the band for three years. In 97, as the as the wiki, the, the MF Giants wiki says, he was, quote, scooped away by Natalie Merchant. <laughs> oh, God damn that Natalie Marson. Oh, that, 10, that saucy makes her. More like 10,000 many thieves. I got nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> you can edit, oh, you, you edit man. that out, right? You'll edit that shit out, right? Okay, nope. No leave problem. it in. Uh, leave it in. <laughs> damn it. And now, uh, uh, but that's interesting because yeah. he um, clearly has like that line goes all over the neck. Like the it it just keeps building and building and building and building and building. Do you, have you played this? No, uh, because I haven't sat down and tried to figure it out. Sure, um, well, because, that's what I was wondering. Well, I didn't notice it when I first became acclimated to the record, um, which is weird because I that's the instrument I play. <laughs> right, you were already well, long yeah, a right. bass player by the time you heard it. Yeah, and I mean, it's not, so, But it's not what right. I focused on because I always focused on the lyrics and sure. that there was a saw in the song. Um, yes, and yeah. I was like, oh my god, this bass part is crazy when I listened to it a few days ago. Um, mm. And it also has a very interesting like dead string sound um, going on. But the bass part like moves <clears throat> the most out of anything in the tune. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's almost like a it's almost like an ent whistle melodic line on the bass. Yeah, because was... as far as the guitar chords go on this song, this is not one of the harder ones. I mean, it has no, it really quick isn't. quick changes, quick changes. Yeah, quick. But it's C G C F. Like it, that's a lot of it. There's an A minor. 
D's. You yeah. know, there's a there's a fair amount of chords, but like they're chords that any beginning guitarist would know. You know? Yeah. Right. So right. yeah, the bass really does a lot of the heavy lifting underneath. And I think most people, if you strip the bass away, which I mean you're gonna hear a cover of my uh pseudo they might be giants cover band the exquisite dead guys we played it we played it at a coffee shop with um i think i did some bass on the exquisitely synth. yes i think i did some bass like i had my juno in front of me my juno was there for one of the other yeah. songs so i did some kind of like bass on the juno but i was not trying to do this bass line i was mainly focused on the lyrics but once you strip away that fancy bass line and it's just like acoustic guitar strumming like you can power through it with some really like you know folk punk style like just 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 rock right. it out but like sure. you if you just took this studio track and were able to just take the stem out of the bass track out of it mm-hmm. you'd be like oh it's, it's yeah. what? you'd be like what's it missing like it feels like nothing it feels know. like not a whole lot's happening but then you put it back in you'd be like oh no it's, it's, it's really, one of those things it's a really big moving line and it does a lot of melodic work it's like it does a lot of the counter melody work for the song. And it's interesting because we've got a lot of instrumentation here. We've got the accordion happening throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got an acoustic guitar, if I'm right. Yeah, there's also a, there's also electric by um, yeah. Ed. Uh, I'm sorry, Ed, not Ed. Eric Shermerhorn, who played on... Um, he was not on John Henry... He was on Factory Showroom, uh, Sphere Tire Damage, and he also played on uh, the Monopuff album, It's Fun to Steal. Okay. So he was only on one, uh, Factory Showroom was the only like studio They Might Be Giants album he was on, uh, though Severe Tire Damage is highly regarded and is an amazing live album and part of the uh, catalog. It's, right. It's pretty highly ranked among live albums generally, in my view. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. a crucial release. Like Most bands uh, put out a live album at some point if they go long enough and most of them are pretty disposable but this one like the 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 twists that they do on the old songs especially for a band that did four albums with a drum machine like (laughs) people getting to hear you know the full i mean they did put out a live in new york in 1994 which i think featured a live drummer but this was the first like really widely distributed live album of theirs Oh yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's First, great. I was really aware of. Yeah. Plus it's the whole the planet. So the plus the whole planet of the apes uh, suite at oh, the end. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> this apes oh, for you. The percussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, plus it's got Doctor Worm tacked at the beginning. <laughs> right, and I, I, isn't that? Yeah, isn't that? There's a version of uh, I think she's an angel on that record. It's amazing with is, with tuba and it's so much better than the album version in my view. Interesting. Wow. The lineup on um, James K. Polk is a pretty solid one. I mean, the electric guitar is not like the focus of the song. It just kind of fills in. Yeah, it's a color instrument. But yeah, the singing Mm -hmm. saw, and you guys know, did we mention this already? Who plays it? No. I don't think we have yet. You guys know who plays it? Yeah, it's the Neutral Milk uh, Hotel fellow. Um, you just kind of brush not, it not, off like it's nothing. That it's it's no, the no, no, it is. It's Julian Coster. One of agree. my he's he's wonderful. That means nothing to me. <laughs> you should tweet tweet him Wait, too. Did you actually. never get into Neutral Milk Hotel, Stephen uh, Clark? No, because that was like that came up on a couple of cover projects we did later in our uh, Blue Bottle life. Did it? 
Like we did that. I think we did a neutral milk hotel thing for your wedding. Oh, um, did you do it in the airplane over the sea? I don't mm. know. I got the playlist huh. somewhere. But. That's a good ballad. <laughs> Man, I'd love to make that yeah. into a Spotify playlist if you ever if you ever find that. The I already playlist. have it as a playlist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, dude. Oh, well, yes. Hook, 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 a, hook a brother up. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? it was yeah, a good playlist. We, we this. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well, thank you. <laughs> it included everything from Neutral Mook Hotel to Blue Bottle. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we we Wait. put toge- we put it together on the old what was once Yahoo Music. Ah, uh, oh. yeah. And I put all the songs on the playlist on that, and it was like, yes. I think it had almost all of them. Yeah. Um, I think there was an issue with Just to Brazil for a minute, <laughs> but oh, huh. uh, uh, Yahoo that playlist. was resolved later on the playlist. <laughs> so wow. those were those. We were so much younger then, right? So much, so much when more men innocent. were men, and when <laughs> men were men. <laughs> Where we would, yeah. When men yeah, were anyway. James K. Polk and oh. other men died because of it. When um, men were so, toxic. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know wow. people talk about toxic masculinity now. I mean, go back yeah. a couple hundred years. Try living then. Yeah. Holy I, shit. I'm kind of like, well, nobody's yeah. taken over two thirds of a country. That's nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying actually... there isn't work to do. Of course, there's work to do with young men in this nation and in the world. But I would well, like to think that there aren't as many chances for someone like James K. Polk to be reared in this world anymore. I mean, a counterpoint. I, I yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Donald John Trump. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's he's old. Okay. He's from an older generation when assholes yeah, were a lot he, more prominent. He rode, a, he rode a power on scared, shitless old white people. Right. You know, right. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, are we going to draw those parallels, or no? Are we going to get into this? Is this a three-hour well, podcast? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know uh, how apt they are. I mean, some of it is that he's just like, I am a person who is allowed to do this, and I will do it. Fuck you. Try and stop me. Yep. Which is similar. Right. But our current president is unfortunately too kind of stupid to yeah. actually mm-hmm. be an effective authoritarian yeah he's um, not yeah, a politician like james k polk was like a politician's politician like right. he, he knew he right. came up through the ranks in the ways that a president should uh or used to up until like yeah. a couple years ago and yes, well i guess cool. up till reagan i suppose but though he did at least he was a governor at least yeah so right. he, i mean this is the only president that we've had that had no political experience whatsoever. And yeah, it's gone great. great. Frankly, one, frankly, it's gone great. No, America <laughs> is. is great again. It is. Uh, it is. I mean, we finally got an outsider. You know, it's like H.O. Uh, Mencken once made a made a comment like a, it was like a hundred years ago. He said this. Yeah. He said, like, we're so obsessed. You know what I'm talking about? Where he says, we're so obsessed with uh, like uh, the common man in this country yeah. that one one fine day we'll finally elect a complete idiot to the White House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like I've been thinking about that quote constantly the last couple of years. Yeah. I'm like, man, he's, he was it's, right. It's you know? apt, and and the funny thing to me is like the people that are like, dude. There's a deep state cons- conspiracy. I was like, okay, homie, like, fine, like, 
<laughs> like, Dan's just bursting. That's how I respond. Head. I just laugh. Yeah. I, I'm like, the best I, I'm like really? Like, <laughs> like you, you are the same party that's like, the government literally can't do anything right except a like deep state coup. Is that what you're telling me? Like, is that is that's, a, that's such a good response? Is is is, is, is that your position I, that um, the government is terrible at everything except <clears throat> coups, like right. that don't Which actually great work? At. Yeah, and and by the way, and right. it's funny as hell because he's like, oh, Hillary and the Democrats are the real collusion. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, can we yeah. can we break can we can we break that that down as a plan for a second? Um, go for it <laughs> yeah hillary hillary gets this information he's like hey man i got this information about russia i will get it i will say nothing i will right. let trump win the election <laughs> and then i will bring it up if she's that she is that devious steve she's that devious that's, crooked that's, hillary she's that that's, that's, that's yeah as that's, far ahead as her game is that's just she's playing a long game yeah i have some questions about that as a plan um right <laughs> well and that it's not a good plan <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I. Yo, Hillary really won in the end. I mean, we can all agree. She did there, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah she I went. Mean, to, she got a lot of hiking done. <laughs> wow, very true. No, oh, I. Uh, good yeah. Lord, you remember when our well, biggest problems were that the president got a blowjob from an intern? Oh, those are you remember days. when like that was our problem and we were going to impeach a guy over that? Yeah. I remember Holy and the fuck. same yeah. fucking guys are like what are you talking about we we can't impeach this guy for like right. actual crimes he's committed for like <laughs> yeah actual treat actual treason eh, you know yeah and the and the other thing uh, the funny thing to me is like I I did some criminal defense work sure I know yeah, yeah this absolutely. is the guiltiest man I've ever seen <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, and he's right out in public talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's like you do not send screaming into the void tweets if you're like, "Hey, man, let the investigation play out, man. I got nothing to hide." Like, yeah, like, I mean, cool he, as a cucumber is the way you want to play this, right? Right. And, right. Nope. But instead, he's like, "No collusion, Rick Richard." <laughs> and, I'll capitalize and, inappropriate words that don't need capitalization. Yeah, and, then, and then people are like, right. "Well, wait." Why are there witches? And like, <laughs> right, I know he just keeps keep, thinking yeah. himself a bigger hole. And right. I really would like to know. I don't. I haven't seen any polls lately about like uh, where's his approval ra- rating, dude. Right it's now? immovable. It's like right around forty. It's just like yeah, it's right. like thirty-five, move. forty. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah, I I think there's a portion of his his voter base that you know turned away from him, but I think the majority of them are just as stubborn as he is. And think they're always right. Yeah, I concur. Well, no, it's right. It's like I said before: you can't argue with identity. Like, right, right. Their whole raison d'être is to make liberals cry, and (laughs) they like him. No, they like him because of he's racist as shit. Because he's a troll. uh, Yeah, they like him for. They're like he's gonna tell those liberals. The fuck off, and that's what they like. Right? Yeah, he's and, gonna he's gonna tell it to them Yankees, even though yeah. he's the biggest well, Yankee and in it's, the mall. It's course, everywhere. But, yeah. It's 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 just I'm anxious about the country turning brown. I'm anxious about 
Sure. My whiteness doesn't get me as far as it used to. Um, I think he's white done all males, right. Well, it's still For being all right, an idiot. White women are doing way better than white men right now. Um, right, which is very disturbing for white men. Which, well, I no, mean, you know, yeah. working class white dudes, fifty plus, are like the highest suicide risk right now. Sure, really, and yeah, yeah, I just wow. heard that the other day too. Actually, huh. yeah, yeah, and and it's straight have men. No, yeah, straight yeah. white dudes, oh, uh, working class, because there's no yeah. factory jobs anymore, and uh, you can't, and so you're losing power in the sexual marketplace because nobody wants to marry your ass and people leave your ass because the woman can make uh money on their own and yeah so that's it's a big there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of shame there too for like the traditional masculine role if you can't provide for your family oh absolutely, absolutely. you are absolutely. yeah you have failed up. yes which you is failed up on the other end it's like what is and if if there was like if we taught people in this country what women's work is and what man's work is as if you know it's not a thing <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like right like, right like it's, it's not like, gender specific right it's my like, wife my wife will always be the breadwinner and i'm perfectly happy she worked very hard to get to that position right and i right. supported the family right. on a public teacher salary for 10 years so she could do it and so now i will gladly take her money and spend it on many instruments <laughs> <laughs> She'll never listen funny, to this episode. And no, and that's the funny <laughs> it's thing. Too long. Because, and no, it's like uh, my spouse true. is like going up the corporate ladder. Oh yeah. At her news organization, she's uh, sure. she's in a supervisory role, sure, and tight. she's like getting shit done, making making moves, and like I am making what I made three years ago, right? And I'm sure. like pulling that down, and that's fine. I used to make more than her, and now I don't. I'm totally right. cool with that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Like, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, you're both contributing to well, the general well-being of your family. You're a team, you know. Right. It's yeah. like that's exactly, it's, and it's like you do what you need to do to make shit work, right? And work that shit out, and, right? Um, I, it doesn't make sense to me as like. I'm I feel lucky that I don't view my value as a man by being a provider. Right. Okay. And I I would agree with that um because I think a lot of the older generations it's their value uh as a man their masculinity is contingent upon being a breadwinner and when they can't I think that's when suicide and depression oh, yeah. and anxiety oh, yeah. kick in. I mean it well, makes and I have sense, sympathy for uh, that know. though because it's oh, like hugely. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Because, I mean, we we had some of that indoctrinated into us, but we mostly kind of missed a lot of it, I think. you know. I well, think yeah. if you head towards the left of the political spectrum and have progressive views about this kind of stuff, um, whether mm-hmm. it was instilled on you and your parents or, I mean, coming sure. up in the internet era, you can right. get a lot of bad ideas drilled into your head, but you can also sure. find out a lot more about, I mean, if you're so inclined, you can find out about how oh the world contains so many different kinds of people and not everyone's like me yep. and i don't have to be mm-hmm. this certain way that yep. uh you know the past generations of white men have been uh mm-hmm. you know we are not as likely to kill ourselves if we lose our jobs and right. yeah, i do i do right. feel for those guys cuz if they if they were brought up in that way it's hard to break yourself out of that mindset and if you've been in that mindset your whole life it and is. all of a sudden your factory closes down when you're 50 like well, what are you going to do 
and the training mm-hmm. not to have emotions. That's like, right. That's the fucked up part. It's, it's right. You, no, you're absolutely like James right. K. Polk. Well, me well, too. In a like, way, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was it's like, like I, I, I rolled through life being like, no, I have to fix shit, and right. I'm not allowed to have these feelings, and that's that's a that's a fucking problem. And oh, I, I cry. I cry daily. <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm crying it's, a little. I'm crying a little up. right now. <laughs> I'm crying a little. I'm crying tears of joy because I just love you boys so much. Aww. it's uh, <laughs> well, it's happy you. tears I, at this point. Feeling feelings um, mutual. Uh, see, but I mean, then I, I looked I at this. Uh, but then I looked at this picture of Polk, and my feelings really just took a turn for the worse. Turn towards rage. <laughs> my feelings. Yes, it seems I'm full tears, of rage. <laughs> tears of rage. Tears of rage, as Bob Dylan would say. Tears mm-hmm. of rage. Yeah. Tears of blood. Tears of blood. <laughs> yeah. I bleed for they might be giants too. I cried tears oh, of blood. The <laughs> smallpox make you bleed? Make you make you make your tears bloody? <laughs> I hope so. It, it, uh, you might have you might have um, you know legions near your eyes that that sure. you know. But so, well, smallpox is there anything it can't do? <laughs> but it, it it is funny that you know it's like there was a whole situation where it's like we are now just learning it's like women get to finally say like this is the bullshit we deal with on the day to day and it's mm-hmm. like people that have even like put themselves men that have put themselves in the position to even listen to that have been around right. forever right mm-hmm. and but it's like Still, to this day, it's like me as like a progressive dude. I like hear some of the shit, and I'm like, nobody told me anything about this. This is a surprise, and it's fucked up that it's a surprise because it's been going on for fucking years. And it's like you hear about like the egregious examples, like it's like, like you know, you remember that commercial back in the day where it's like, no, that's sexual harassment, and I don't have to take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, of right. course. And it's like mm-hmm. I remember that and that was like 25 years ago and mm-hmm. but it's like even to this day where it's like we've got people in the music industry like fucking being disgusting and like mm-hmm. what who is that guy that came out last week? Ryan was, Adams. Was, yeah, is is oh, that the guy you were upset about today? Yes, he uh oh. he exposed himself over the over video Skype call to an underage woman, possibly That's not multiple. Great. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> mhm. That's uh, apparently she lied about her age, but still she was underage and It doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. No, so it he was willing yeah. like exactly. she was she looked young enough that he was asking how old she was. The fact that he had to ask is probably just like why are you on this phone call with this fan who is clearly super young? Yeah. Are you really going to yeah. chance it, like, just based on 17 or 18? Like, are you really going to no, chance that? No, because the power that? is sexy to him, you know? Yeah, like, that's, yeah, for sure. That's how sure. he rolls. Like, he wants sure. the fucking dynamic that's fucked up and in his favor because he's a tiny, tiny soul. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I mean, the other right, things right. That, that came out about him are that he's, yeah, it's it's all about power. And, like, he was married to Mandy Moore. And right. Mandy Moore dropped off the the pop culture map for a while, and it and she's come out as saying it was basically because he drilled into her that she was worthless and that like she yeah, wasn't Lord. a Gas good singer, shit, you know, right? That she wasn't Holy a good singer fuck. because um, 
or she wasn't a real musician because she didn't play an instrument, is what she says oh, that, that he said. Talk that guy right? up because she was just a singer. All the orifices. Right. Yes, agreed. So, agreed. Um, yeah, you know, so while, while you guys were starting to talk about that, I was just browsing through the Wikipedia and I was like, I wonder what Polk's wife was like. I wonder what that dynamic was like. Sarah? Oh, oh right. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Childress. Uh, it turns out she was from a prominent family and was uh, more educated than most women at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so during the his political career, she would assist him with speeches. Like the fact that a guy like Polk would allow his wife to help him with speeches says a little bit, a little bit of humanity towards this guy. Uh, gave sure. him advice on policy matters and played an active role in his campaigns. Uh, I wonder how likely it was for that info to get out, though. You know, because it's like, so if he like, thought people knew about it, he would not let it happen. No, 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 no. Not that he wouldn't let it mm. happen. It was just like it was the thing that was never said. You know, and it's uh-huh. like mm-hmm. you know the expression behind every great man is a great woman, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's an old expression, but it's uh-huh. sort of like that's the True. quiet part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting point. Well, it's so, saying I don't here, know. I mean, yeah. I'm speculating here. So there's a, it looks like this is, um, yeah. So it's saying that Sarah Polk's grace, intelligent, and charming conversation helped compensate for her husband's often austere, severe, severe. He held severe. few people dear. Few people dear. Manner. <laughs> it even says that right in the Wikipedia. No. I don't know if they might be just quoting uh, Wikipedia before Wikipedia uh, was, existed. Or if it's the well, other way around. That, the, oh, that no one will ever know. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, no did her oratory yeah. fill his foes with fear? The the right. fact that Wikipedia says his he had an often often austere manner rather than any other way of saying that. That is makes, the most right. euphemistic way to put something, by the way. Like he was a dick. Let's just, right. Yeah. yeah. But it, it just makes <laughs> right. me it just makes yeah, me think right. that whoever like initially was submitting this stuff to Wikipedia, uh was it they might be Giants fan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> His I, I austere man. For a second, yeah. right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get back to the song because we've been going all over the right. place, and this is going to be three hours worth of content that you're going to have to cut down. Right. Um, so uh, it's going to so be a fun one to, to listen back to in two months, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so oh yeah, this was a whole a cool fucking thing. thing. Do yeah, you know right? that this song was played in a Kit Kat commercial? I what? did not. Okay, so. I may be I may be incorrectly uh, stating that. Okay, so there was a Kit Kat Acoustic Break was a series of promotional CDs sponsored by oh. Kit Kat. Uh, surprise, Kit Kat. Oh. I'm reading straight from the wiki and sent to college radio stations nationwide. Pat Denizio of the Smithereens was the host, oh, and I it like features him. yep, and it features interviews and live acoustic performances in half hour segments. Each disc. Mm. Contain two segments. The They Might Be Giants segment is on the first show of the first disc, along with The Cheese and Duncan Sheik on the second segment. <laughs> okay, so the performance wow. was recorded in late 1996 in uh, NYC and was broadcast on January 29th, 1997. So I'm going to see Ooh. if I can find this uh, version. Absolutely. Kit Kat. Break. Well, uh, you guys um, can go ahead and talk. Well, uh, All right. yeah, I was. I was going to say one thing about toxic man- masculinity and uh, how it relates to Polk. And, uh, and I don't mean to harp on this, but I, I, it struck me that the historians that I was reading, 
had had felt that it was significant that he was sterile or or impotent or oh, yeah. at least that he or at least that he had been a very sickly child who could not participate at least until like fifteen or sixteen. And it struck me as uh, some of them had said that he was someone who was extremely obstinate, extremely, um, I would say, macho even. You know, yeah. I, I think like, you know, like a lot of presidents who never, you know, served in the military or... Well, compensation served, station, right? Right, exactly. You know, like they never served or they never served with any action. So you've got like... You know, guys like Reagan and W and well, Trumpy and Cheney and, and Woodrow Cadet Wilson. Bones Cadet Bones first. Exactly. But they tend to be the kind of guys who overcompensate by really wrapping themselves around the military. And, and you know, Polk seems like in his language, he had this sort of warlike posture in his, mm-hmm. in his, in his negotiating style. And I, I think it must have been, in some ways, he was putting on macho airs you know he's like i had a friend who used to say uh oh that guy he's a telephone tough guy he used to always say that yeah and it was ah. like yeah it was like oh yeah on the on the phone he's a, he's a big shot but you know you know in person let's see how tough he is you know what i mean sure. and and he didn't I, and honestly, look from his portraits like he could take a punch you know no no not at all no he looked like he had a glass jaw a little bit right. but he could pop those collars i will say that for and him. that so mullet wanted, was legit like <laughs> too, too legit to quit even uh yeah yes. it had it had some good mulitude and aggressiveness <laughs> so i cannot right. yeah i cannot find the the kit kat thing i'm i'm guessing that as soon as this airs a bunch of guys who listen to this and are aware of this are kind of big players in the fan scene may i say well sure. guys who like one of the guys who edits the wiki is going to be on an episode one of the guys who uh is uh, on a label a best asbestos record li- records which uh does a lot of the Ooh. vinyl reissues of they might be giants like he Hardcore works man. with oh, really? he works with the band he's gonna be on an episode and i also found nice. a guy who i also find a guy who was uh an editor or part of the website that was before the wiki and i just found Ooh. a link to this still exists this website tmbg.org uh, and I just sent you guys a link in Facebook Messenger. Okay. This is the site that I used to spend hours on at Augie, Steve. When we were in college, this was the They Might Be Giants fan site. And it right has on. a whole thing. I sent you a link <sighs> to the James K. Polk learning page, tmbg.org slash learning slash James K. Polk. This is circa, uh, this this page I think is actually circa 97. Uh, like wow. copyright 97 down at the bottom. Uh, the last cow. update was on 2004 before, before it... it close down the site <laughs> so it has wow. this is hilarious yeah it has like based on the <sighs> lyrics from nashville and then it has facts rising up has facts uh he's just the man we need wow. you know and going based on the lyrics it, it talks about the the facts in the song and i just i just huh. stumbled upon this in trying to google the Kit Kat thing That's i thought i'd have to use the way back machine to find this site but this is the wow. site this is what I remember from my early, not my early fandom, but like me really getting obsessed with this band was this site. Oh yeah, Team well, yeah, I, I remember in like the late '90s there was that period of time where you had like, you know, the internet was happening, but there were only like maybe forty or fifty people on it. You know, can we talk about the that. fonts on this page? Oh, they're great. <laughs> it, they're it's fantastic. A, it is a, is a uh yes, it's a uh, font of fonts. 
if you will. It's a um, it's Dude, a fount. Oh wait, man, fount this is this is really taking me nothing. back. If you click on the discussion tab up at the top, there's pink homepage band info, the arcade discussion. Oh, right? Yeah. Discussion. Internet relay chats, IRC. Real time oh, chat with Giants fans. God. You can find oh, them on all the major bro. networks. Uh Cowtown AOL. If you're on AOL, you might want to check out this special chat area just for fans. And there's there's the official chat over at their official site, which is long dead. Um, last updated twenty five August nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Dude, this is uh, this is fucking peak vintage internet. This is uh Absolutely. Wow. This is like us getting to college and having fast internet all of a sudden. What I spent right. my time doing. What I spent my time doing was tmbg.org and Vintage Synth Explorer. Those two websites. I spent so much time looking at analog synthesizers and chatting with babes about <laughs> the MIP Giants. <laughs> I'm sure they were all babes. <laughs> For me, I spent most of my time on uh, on uh, around this time, late '90s, on Napster, trying to find like really sure. obscure Dylas songs. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? hell yeah! Like that's when I that's when I first heard Robert Lowell, and I'm like, oh my god! You know, I bet I have so, some yeah. stuff. I bet I have some stuff to send you, Dan and Steve, if you're interested. Because ever I since I started this podcast, ever since I started this podcast, I I thought I was already pretty much an expert on this band. Oh, was I wrong? Um, yeah. There's just too much to know. And I have Ooh. since like scoured and been sent by sent by people who know even more than me have been helping me out and being like, well, have you heard this? Like, here's a zip of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, here's wow. 30 more. They might be giant songs I've never heard. Like, how is this possible? Well, yeah, yeah you were saying you were saying in the um, I think it was episode three. You had said that they had something like what? 400 to 500 songs and more. then if you no, count more. alternate versions and live Double versions it. it's like 800 or something i mean it's like whoa yeah they've, they've cracked 900 on the the wiki uh song rankings list where you can rank the songs <clears throat> but yeah like uh so like polk probably i think you could probably rank like even like the Kit Kat version yeah, uh no wow. no you no you can't rank that one so that one doesn't count um but within the chronology or wait a second maybe you can hold on james k polk Kit Kat. Yeah, you can rank it. You can rank anything that's a song. So uh, within the chronology, you can rank James K. Polk one, two, three, four, five, six times. Now, wow. with, with the old times. songs, there's a lot of multiples. But with the new songs, sure. not so much, because the dial song songs of 2018 sound fantastic and go right onto the record. Right. You know, so yeah, there's no, right, like, right. early versions. So and this, and this one actually fares well in the rankings, if I James recall K. Polk? correctly. The factory yeah. showroom. The factory showroom is at one seventy one. One seventy one. The factory showroom version. Yes. Respectable, but should be higher. I agree. Well, out of times. out of nine hundred and one, one hundred seventy one is pretty good. Well, you haven't asked me what my score is for the song yet. So. Oh well, know, we still yeah, need to get to these couple uh, of covers yeah, so, that I found, which indeed. we will do quickly. You found um, covers. Right. Yep. Yeah, you guys weren't Googling uh, right. <laughs> um, well, I Googled I, yeah. James K. Polk cover. Dude, and, you gotta put TMBG and, James K. Polk cover. I found like 12 uh, of them. We're not gonna listen to all well, 12. Uh, but I wanna see where the EP version is ranked. Okay. Okay. So the one you um, love. I, I need where do you a think moment. it's ranked? Be, what do I think? I think it's Where do you think it falls or, in the 900s? I think it's in the five. I think it's in the 500s, probably. It's it better than that. 390. Oh, that's not which, bad. Which, I mean, personally, uh, I like that... it better, but it's the first one I heard, so yeah. you have that prejudice every time, you know? So, I want to play, uh, well, first of all, have you guys ever seen, well, you've, 
Wait, Steve's seen them live. Dan, have you seen them live? I have not. Holy cow. Uh, so, Steve. I know. When you saw them last, did they play this song? No. No? No, but the first time you and I saw them together, they did. Oh. Do you remember anything about that? Because I sure as hell don't. My brain is a pile of goo. They blew confetti <laughs> at Lewis Cass, ah. <laughs> a general and expansionist. Oh, Boom. And you got a good memory. Well, there was no confetti when I saw them last March. Um, but the way they introduce it lately is pretty funny. Um, and if I can find a clip later and drop it in, I will. But essentially, essentially, like for being a band that puts out kids' albums and is known to not curse, there's a fair amount of cursing in between the songs. Uh, <laughs> right, Steve, can you back me up on this? Uh, in between the yes. songs, they <laughs> will drop f-bombs and you know words that will have never appeared in the they might be giants lyric hmm. um you know it's not super blue but just like you know if they want to say fuck yeah they're gonna say fuck yeah you know they don't hold back um sure. well as one does yeah like so do. basically when they introduce this song they're like we're gonna play a couple of songs about presidents who were both assholes <laughs> like that's essentially and then they played this and then they played tip of canoe and tyler too Ah, about, uh, okay. Which has bits about Henry Harrison, uh, right? Yeah, and I think they made some Trump joke too. They're very left in their Twitter and social media; like they're not afraid to scare off any possible Trump fans. You know, uh, you know who what? are fans of the I band. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Song. Do Trump fans like art and nice things? No, not really. Uh, for them, nice <laughs> things are just coated in gold and are extremely gaudy and horrible, uh, and have no substance. So and filled with liberal tears. He, exactly <laughs> right. It's this a goblet it's, of liberal tears. It's distilled tears. snowflakes and liberal tears. Bring so me my my goblet of liberal tears and snowflakes. <laughs> so yes. let's think about let's think about the future of let's think about the future of America by watching a uh, video from Girls Rock Minnesota. I'm assuming MN is a, Girls Rock is a company that promotes um just getting more girls into music which is awesome and there's they're Great. set up in like most you know major cities i believe and girls rock uh, nice. minnesota uh has eight-year-old jackie singing one of her favorite they might be giant songs and it Ooh. is james k polk so i'm gonna send it to you guys so you can take a quick peek and a quick listen if you want to just listen to like the first 30 seconds of this adorableness uh and and then you can give me your thoughts on it, and then we'll move on. All right. That was adorable. I was talking Absolutely. about how quick the chords are. This girl's yeah. kicking it. Yeah. yeah She's kicking uh, ass here. No, she, she can fucking play, dude. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. An eight-year-old? I've how taught old? plenty of kids guitar. Eight years old. Yeah, no. No, those changes were like butter. Okay, for yeah. one, she's a very she's a very tall eight-year-old. I'm having trouble believing she's eight. But she's very young, nevertheless. No, she, 
now girls get taller quicker dude who's the so. elementary teacher here uh <laughs> for, for a third grade class no actually greg no actually <laughs> let me mansplain how tall girls are to you okay I will mansplain <laughs> to another man. <laughs> uh, That's how committed I am to the format. Well, if she's in third grade, she's probably one of the taller kids in the class. Uh, oh, I'm sure she. Nevertheless, is. she's she's. That's beside the point. She's kicking butt. Right. Now, I just yeah. sent you guys yeah. another link on Facebook Messenger. We're gonna get even younger here. Now, this is from 2012. So this kid is probably. I mean, this kid would be at least 12 by now. But in 2012, we have a kid named River singing James K. Polk. And it's hilarious because at his age, he's like maybe four, three or four, trying to sing the words to this song. Have a listen to this. Did he say Democrats? <laughs> I hope. The style of the videos kind of creeped me out, but. <laughs> yeah, it's like a daguerreotype coming to life. Mom's like reminding him, starting him. And there's an even smaller child going around in a circle on some sort of toy around the one minute mark. <laughs> okay, that's pretty great. Because like, like he's getting all the rhyming vowels, right? but not many of the consonants. <laughs> not many consonants, but that is adorable. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, though. The film itself, the, the way it was done, it, it kind of feels like, I don't know, like the Lumiere brothers, you know, the arrival of the train <laughs> from 1897 or so, where it's like I keep, you know, or, or something like that. It's a little creepy. Anyway, sorry, go on. Okay, now the next thing I sent you, I don't think we're going to listen to because it's just horrible, but I wanted you to guys to get, got you guys to just gaze upon this. Hey, I, I, I don't know if you want to do this, man. We're not because, listening to uh, it. You're going to risk... You're going to risk some one-star reviews by people that think you're being mean to artists. <laughs> right, okay, right. so and, this is Rohi, Rohi Radio, or Roji Radio. Uh, Donald J. Trump, song parody of James K. Polk by the Mumpy Giants. Okay, so, oh, so no. the first, yes, we're not going to listen to it because it's awful. Um, now, it's got the lyrics there. You, whatever you think about the lyrics, fine. He tries to weird Al it, but does horribly. But he's just an awful singer. I listen to it. I'm not going to subject anyone to this. And the mm. first comment pretty much sums it up. Good idea, poor execution. Uh, yeah. But then the uh, people praise some of the lyrics like, seeks no second term, like in a hopeful way. <laughs> ah. um, and then someone, okay, so, so, then, so this is two, two years ago. Garnet Nard is the name, says, you're incredibly flat. And then the the user Roji Radio re- replies, "I'm actually quite booksome." <laughs> you know what? Kudos to him for that one or her, whatever. But but, the, but then someone goes ahead and piles on eight months ago and says, "Flat would be an improvement. The melody doesn't even follow the contour of the original, and of course, it's nowhere near the key of the accompaniment." So yeah, this guy. Yeah. yeah. And but but at the bottom is the best burn. So this is not me, people. You can go ahead and downvote Anthony J.S. Two years ago said, how much money would it take 
to get you to promise to never upload anything to YouTube ever again. <laughs> Damn. Sick. <laughs> you oh. burnt. You burnt. Yeah, don't even, don't hold back, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You burnt. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wish I could, I wish I could do that. They, the, yeah, the Cardi B, man, I wish I could do it. But anyway, so Cardi B is a national channel. <laughs> so like, I want to find, oh, yeah, <laughs> love it. I want to find at least one. So I'm going to go ahead and play right now the best cover. Uh, Greg, were you in this band? Um, I, yeah, I, there's a mustachioed man. I who, wondered if I believe be though some... he is a Van Dyke, and I I believe oh. I believe he does not have a Van Dyke, but I do. Oh. So it's clearly not me. So it's not because he is a person. goatee, and I have a right. Van Dyke. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I agree. Are, yes. Are no. It's me. It's you're... me. <laughs> I felt like there might be some some built-in bias, to, you know, to the fact that he felt this was the best. Austere, severe, he held few people dear. I may have just sang in this version, then played the saw, and then this guy Derek uh, Schertz plays ukulele. Mm. Should I play anyone else's covers or just leave it at that and we call it a day? Nah, fuck anybody. (laughs) But there are a couple. There are a couple. So if anyone wants to check out, John Ryan does a cover. It looks like an open mic night as Mm. well. Put Um, the links in the footnotes of your episode. Dude, did we talk? Did we neglect to talk about the wax cylinder version of this goddamn song? How did we We do that? I well, don't know. Hey, I don't know. Da- have you heard this scene? No. Because I just came across this. They made it at the Edison Laboratory, like, I can hear ah, you. Ah, sure. Oh, really? They did this tune? So, I'm sending this to you, and I'll 
since I just stumbled upon it instead of like, you know, taking good notes and remembering to talk about it. <laughs> so why don't you give it a quick listen? All right, let me take a quick uh, gander here. James K. Polk, performed by They Might Be Giants, made at the Edison Laboratory. <laughs> So it was recorded along with that that session for Factory Showroom, released oh, wow. in 2001 on TMBG Unlimited, the fan service. Ah, that is so much hiss. Well, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's like I can hear you. It's uh, it was recorded without electricity. Mm. I'm assuming most people listening to this episode have, you know, not just heard this, but the entirety of Factory Showroom. I mean, I would hope I could assume that. I would think so. And they've heard I can hear you. So, I Can Hear You, right, it was recorded without electricity, so there are no electric guitars in this version because they want to remain pure. Sure. Wow. Sounds pretty great, actually. Right? For their, yeah. For it being just a guy cranking a wax yeah. cylinder. Yeah, like it, you as, know. As they play into a giant bell, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, one of the cool things about these songs uh, that were performed in this style back in the day was that the entire band really had to modulate their volumes. They really had to play yeah. as a single instrument, you know what I mean? They had to, like, uh, place themselves in a certain spot in the room. I always find that stuff kind of awe-inspiring and amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, they were even doing that stuff as recently as, like, the Beatles. You see those pictures of them in a giant room with sound-baffling sure. walls and mm -hmm. stuff, you know? Like, there was a little bit of that because they wanted to track live, but they had to be real, you know, smart about it. Right, right, so, exactly. That's pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. I had not heard that until now, so I'm glad you mentioned it. There you go. There mm -hmm. are a couple other songs, if you search the Wax Cylinder stuff, you'll find they recorded, oh, really? I think, four or five songs on that session, oh, really? and only the one was released right on the Factory Showroom. So, as always... Score the shoe! As always, I am making my guests <laughs> score the song. Well, now, Steve, you've done mm. this before. Uh, Dan, you have not done this before. It is one to ten. Mm. Mm. It's I, one I, to ten. You can use decimals. I do, yeah, I know. Hmm. Or Fruit Loops, as Steve did. I know, I know. I, yes. See, here's the thing. Before we get to that, I, Steve had mentioned he had misheard a lyric for like 20 years, and he and I, I just yes. I was curious oh. about that. I just want to hear that really fast, and then we will move on to score. Uh, it was uh, Napoleon of the Stump. Right. Yeah, and what did you think of us? I heard Boyhood of the Star. Oh! Or the Sun, rather. That's boy. Wow, I'm actually having to write wow. that Boyhood of the Star? Of the... The Sun. Of the Sun. Hmm. It's actually pretty good. 
See, I used to think he said Napoleon of the South. No, it made no fucking oh. sense. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking to a guy who once made an entire song out of misheard lyrics over the years. You know, like, it, it was... Well, the other yeah. thing I didn't hear properly was um, Lewis Cass. Uh-huh. Ah. I heard who was cast a general mm. and expansionist, so I thought it was talking about... Uh, James Buchanan, which I was like, that doesn't make any sense. He was none of those things. <laughs> right, right. Right. But th- but that, that mixing of the words in your head actually makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Hmm. It was a Mondegreen. So, was- let's wrap this biatch up. What are we ranking it, fellas? Who's going first? Oh, I okay. will. Go ahead. I view this song <laughs> as an excellent work. And I like it very much, mm-hmm. but I gotta say, in the canon of TMBG songs, it's going to be in the upper third. I think the people have ranked it properly. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna say a seven point five. Fair, fair. No fruit Daniel, loops? no no Fruit Loops this time. Well, no Fruit Loops because you know I just don't give up Fruit Loops willy nilly. <laughs> You're um, right. These are our precious things. When ce- it's a valuable fucking thing. Cereal is necessary sometimes, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I could go for some not fruity pebbles sense. right about now, honestly. Mm. Right. Well, I will say seven point five and a fruity pebble. Oh, there you go. Because nice. it's smaller than a Fruit Loop. I'm not trying to influence. Yeah. You know, your. You know, I'm just saying. So, so okay. that's like a seven point no, five one and accepted. So that's like a seven point <laughs> five one. Yeah, seven point five oh one. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, one. We're definitely getting deep in it then. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, yeah, Dan, significant digits. Dan, Dan Brooks. Dan Brooks. Uh, to you. I, uh, yes, I honestly would give it a, a nine point seven or a nine point eight. Um, I, I feel wow. I, it's, it's absolutely one of my favorite. Here's the thing: it's, it's probably in my top. Which version? Um, probably the original version. Although I like mm-hmm. the new version, the nineteen ninety six new, right? Yeah, twenty two years ago. But let's just say, okay, so they're different arrangements and recordings, but the. The idea of the song as a whole, you know, the structure, the chord progression, the lyrics, you're giving mm-hmm. it a nine point... Uh, 9.7, 9.8, I would say. Because, I All mean, right. it, just to me, it's been so... It's had such an impact on me and, and the stuff I write. And Yeah, um, you've made that pretty apparent. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Factual and That's fun. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this one's a tough one for me, kind of for the same reasons that Steve said. Um, mm. I... Yes, I will not skip it if it comes on, obviously. I mean, there are very few the MIP Giant songs where I'm listening to an album and I'll be like, skip. I know Steve has talked about previously that he uh, listens mostly in playlists. Um, mm. This album I will listen to still as a whole and is amazing, and I will not skip this song. But that said, if I make a playlist, if I make a playlist for a friend, I might be like, check out this cool little bit. It's like a cool, one of their more factual, like yeah. educational, straight up songs, and it's a cool kind of encapsulates that part of the pre-kids albums like educational side of them along with like mammal you know Um, oh yeah i love that or why does the sun shine even though that's cover still 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 stands um but like if i'm making it like this is what i want to listen to on the road trip um maybe because it's like worn it's welcome out a little bit because i've heard it so many goddamn times (laughs) um sure to me, it's not like the most innovative arrangement outside of the saw. You know, it's just kind of like a rollicking stomper, but it's not like it's like a folk rock song essentially that just happens to have a saw in it. 
you know, the early version is the synths and stuff. So that's got its own thing going. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, mm. No, I'm gonna give it a seven point one because I'm gonna put it a little bit ahead of Road Movie to Berlin. Because I gotta be any any frugal. breakfast cereals you want to incorporate. Right. Seven point one and just a shred of a shredded wheat. Uh, <laughs> just one shred. One. <laughs> A shred. Just one shred. So seven point one. Shred of the shredded wheat. Uh, so shreddy wheat. I think with that, guys, I just saw that the monitor on my baby monitor here is not only running out of batteries, oh. so that I wouldn't even know if my baby was crying. Okay. Uh, but I'm probably bad. I'm betting she's gonna wake up for a bottle pretty soon because it's around this time, and I'm gonna All let right. my wife sleep because I happen to be up still and it's one fifteen in the fucking morning. Wow. Um. So yeah, luckily I don't work tomorrow because the nanny is sick, so I'm staying home with the baby. Indeed. So, I will nap when she naps tomorrow, most likely, after this episode <laughs> uh, taping. So, uh, thank you guys so much. That was super fun. Totally. Which I'm doing, uh, as of taping, I'm doing uh, five days from now. Yeah. Um, so, a- as far as, like, throwing questions to more than one guest, rather mm. than just having a conversation, it's a lot different. <laughs> As, well, honestly, the crosstalk was not as bad as I thought it would be. It, it wasn't, but that's because we're all. That's because I think we're all friends and have a rapport already. Whereas my my sem, my assembly of people uh, for the <laughs> five five people plus me. Um, oh shit! You're fucked. there's a couple people that have met each other, but they haven't all met each other. Well, dude. Oh, so Lordy. this this is what I'm saying. Like I've got a I've got an outline of points that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm having yeah. them basically sign up for stuff that they think that they want to talk about or have something to say about. So, like, some people might not like to delve into lyrics. They're just not lyric people, you know? They might okay, want to talk so about the arrangement. Okay, so you're going to be a moderator? Yes, exactly. So, it's, it, it right. has to be, or it would be pure chaos. Right. Right? right. Yes, like this. So, <laughs> this, yeah. this has occurred over four hours. <laughs> My lord. You're right. So, <clears throat> yeah, so with that, let's Good just guy. go ahead. I just want you guys, if there's anything you want to plug... Any projects or things you got going, or just tell people where to find you on social media. I know Steve kind of likes to just hide, but uh, that's cool. Uh, you shall find him in just barrage of tweets mm. to, I think it's like Clarkus Maximus don't or something. Do it, Greg. <laughs> I don't think I got it quite right. Dan, is there any anything you'd like to say to the fine people before we hang out? Sure. I mean, nothing, nothing by me, but um, I would recommend um, going on Spotify. And if you like James K. Polk, maybe check out. Uh, the band I Like Trains, which is all capitalized, or the band The Dimes, uh, or perhaps Susie and Stevens, if you're interested in more state-oriented sure. songs, because I'm certain yeah. this was an influence on, uh, they might be trying to influence on him. And, and if, you're so. going, if you're going to the movies, um, there's a few theaters uh, around me anyway that are still playing Roma. Highly recommend going to see it. Oh, it yeah. Turn, turns out it's actually... It's on a, Netflix, I believe. It is. It is actually. Although I'm, I mean, I'm glad I saw it in the theater, but other people may not feel that way. And I would recommend watching it, however you want to watch it. And then yes. the, Alfonso Caron Alfa- can, yeah, get it. <clears throat> yeah, he's the man. And um, I, I think um, it's a slow burn, but really beautiful. And um, the other one I would say is uh, check out uh, Vice, if it's still in the theater, because it, James K. Polk and Cheney have uh, quite a bit in common. Uh, they're both. No, oh, as, as yeah. Shakespeare as Shakespeare would say, plain dealing villains. 
And, um, yeah. and, and little Richard the Third up in here. Oh yeah, very much. And they were uh, very much uh, uh, involved in a lot of shady dealings, and in a way in which they lied and cajoled, and uh, a lot of times they just sort of flew under the radar. So anyway, highly recommend all that. <laughs> so that's Steve, it. is there anything uh, since since apparently we're on that NPR show? That's just uh, what's that NPR show called? Where they're at the all end things considered. All things considered, yeah, at the end, they're just like, what's Mm -hmm. making us happy this week? Mm. So that's basically what Dan (laughs) just did. Uh, Steve, anything like that, or else we'll we'll just call it a night? Well, I'm going to go with uh, my favorite murder and go with a fucking hooray. Mm. (laughs) Okay. But I will do it in an NPR voice. Okay. I'll say, I'll say, well, Greg, (laughs) I would recommend Behind the Bastards as a podcast by Robert Evans. Nice. It's on the How Stuff Works Network. I've already <laughs> subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> I, would also I think it's on the iHeartRadio. Is it not on iHeartRadio? What did I just It say? is now on iHeartRadio because they have been purchased by iHeartRadio. Oh, uh, man. If someone would buy me out. <laughs> I would recommend eating some sweaty balls. <laughs> also, so I'm going to dip you... my balls in it. Oh! State reference, my there you lord! Go. You yeah, those dip, dip, dip those balls <laughs> gonna, in breadcrumbs. I'm gonna dip my balls in it. I'm and my name's Doug. Out of here, man! Yeah. fry I'm them up in peanut oil. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm I'm gonna stop recording now. Goodbye. Goodbye. So you can follow. Uh, this might be a podcast on Twitter at this might be a pod. We're on Facebook. This might be a pod at Gmail. And you can leave us a voicemail on our Google Voice number. The number is 224 801 2930. See y'all later.